Welcome everybody to Mog Talk. It is Saturday, uh, August 13th. This is episode 257. Uh, and we, if you don't know anything about Mog Talk, we talk about Final Fantasy XIV, everything from Savage Rating to Chuck Blair Racing. And we're bringing on an amazing player, uh, G. Fee Bell. Is that how you know people yep. sometimes say Gia yeah. the Bell. Oh, Gia the Bell. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it now. All right, all right. I just made that up to you. I, I, it's a randomly generated name from World of Warcraft. I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right, well, uh, real quick, if you don't mind, just a, can you do a quick introduction of yourself? Um, sure. I am Jesse. I have been a hardcore World of Warcraft player for a very long time. Um, for a while, I had the dubious distinction of being the oldest person rating for World First in World of Warcraft. I succeeded several times, and then recently got into Final Fantasy instead. Okay, okay. That's a good one. That's a good introduction. Uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into all that, of course, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. They're telling me it's Robin now, by the way. It is. my um, When I finally, we'll talk about this more too, but when I finally started playing the MSQ randomly, mm-hmm. I... Uh, made a character and didn't expect to become as invested in that character as I actually ended up being. But um, I am now Robin in Final Fantasy and I love Robin. We all love Robin. Robin is beautiful. <laughs> Not very bright. Not very bright, but uh, but he tries his best. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, you know, it's weird. Did you have that same kind of feeling with WoW ever where you got kind of invested into your character? No. No. I mean, the simple answer is no. I can go into that more. There's a couple of reasons why. I, I started playing World of Warcraft and Warlords of Draenor, and um, very quickly mm. my goal was to become as good as I could be, which meant, even, even that far back, making alts. Um, within half a year of starting the game, I was playing three different characters, all of them the same class, so that I could practice becoming as good a paladin as I could, playing you know three times a week in three different raid guilds so that I could do three different lockouts per week in practice. And when you do that, it, it dilutes your experience with a character. It's hard to be invested in a character and believe that you're RPing as a character and care about that character's um, experiences in the world when you have three of them. And then imagine how much worse it is now when you have eight. Yeah. 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 No, that's... <laughs> I haven't had and to worry then, about uh, When you pair that, I would say with the fact that in in Final Fantasy, you see your character involved in decision makings and in cutscenes over and over again, particularly in conversations, it creates an opportunity, if you allow it to happen, to identify with your character and that character's decisions in a way that doesn't happen in WoW ever. Mm-hmm. So those two factors combined, I think, made what happened with me and my friend Robin unique and new for me. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> you said a handful of things that uh definitely wrong with me you know it's funny i quit wow around warlords of uh drainer <laughs> oh yeah a lot of people timing. say that you started at the wrong time jesse what are you what were you thinking yeah yeah that was literally i think cataclysm is you know when it started sadly to diminish a little bit uh everyone will say the golden days is wrath of the lich king uh but man it, it's it's ancient to me now um, and the other thing you said about having to make all these different characters, you kind of, if you want to do really, really, really hardcore rating in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and do that, you can, but it's not required in any real way. Uh, yeah. Um, 
recently with me quitting WoW, I wasn't sure if Echo was going to be doing 6.2. So I actually spent some time looking at a couple of statics and talking to people about playing with them in 6.2. And one of them, actually two of them, mentioned that they liked running um, splits with one split character. And they were really anxious in DMs with me to be like, are you sure? That you're okay with maintaining a second character? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> you have no idea how little this matters to me. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. how how unimpactful this is on my time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a completely different <laughs> scenario. Uh, but that's awesome, man. Uh, well, before we get too much into it, for people like even myself, you know, in, in some regard here might not be extremely familiar with your past and history. Uh, you said you start with Warlords of Draenor. Uh, is that when you started your hardcore gaming days, or did you have any experience be, uh, before then? Um, so I, uh, I mean, I played games for a long time, but very, very casually. Um, you know, I played Civilization 1, Civ 2, Civ 3, Warcraft 1, Warcraft 2 and 3, Starcraft. Um, but then I did adulthood stuff and I kind of speed ran it, you know, um, went to college, got married, went to law school, had babies, worked as a corporate litigator for a while, raised babies, um, worked as a prosecutor for a while. And then uh, being extremely dissatisfied with being a lawyer in general, started playing games more often. And mm -hmm. I started with a game called, I'm, and I, I'm sure you've heard of it, Star Wars The Old Republic. It was an amazing yeah. RPG MMO game. Played that for a while. It was great. Everyone remembers Hutball. Any Hutball champions in chat? And uh, really enjoyed that. And then because I enjoyed that, people were like, hey, you should try World of Warcraft. So I did. And I just, I fell in love with it. The, 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 the raiding, the dungeons, the community, it was all amazing. And I started playing that. And quickly decided, yo, okay, uh, I think that I can get good at this, and I want to get good at this, and I'm going to get good at this. And then I started doing the WoW things. And it, it was very fast. Within six months of the beginning of Warlords of Draenor, when I started, I was uh, shopping for and finding a Mythic Raiding Guild. And as soon as I had logs with one Mythic Raiding Guild, I hopped to the next one for the following tier, and then hopped to the next one for the following tier. And by the end of Warlords of Draenor, I was in midwinter going into Legion. So um, as quickly as I could, I was transitioning into playing that game well. Um, mm -hmm. I think you could make a convincing argument that if I was going to get good at video games, I chose the wrong one. <laughs> but it was a blast and I had a good time along the way. You know, uh, I wouldn't say WoW would be the wrong one. I mean, I chose to you know, be a huge part of a much smaller MMO at the time, Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was definitely the wrong one. Yeah, it's kind to of the a wrong extent one. that having fun is never wrong. Yeah, but yeah. not for not necessarily for transitioning out of hey, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore, and somehow finding some other way of paying grocery bills. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so how'd you get involved with Echo? So um, at the midpoint, at the about halfway through Legion. Um, I joined Limit, which at the time was the best U.S. guild and around World 5th, usually raiding in the evenings. Uh, they recruited me out of Midwinter during Nighthold. And I raided with them to the end of Legion. And by a couple of months then, I was, a, uh, I was an officer in the guild. And we talked as a group about, hey, it'd be cool if we 
gave World First a shot if we tried to get World First. So going into the most recent but one expansion in BFA, Limit decided to start going for World First and became instantly a front-runner competitor for World First. It became a Limit versus Method race for as long as that lasted, and then Method uh, fiasco occurred, and the Echo group split off from Method, right? So what happened was about halfway through BFA, uh, I went to the Echo team, which was then playing for Method, and was like, yo, um, are you recruiting? I'd like to play with you guys. And they recruited me and ended up playing with them. And then we went through that whole process of um, forming Echo and competing as Echo. And then that's why I was with Echo for basically, I don't even know, over a year now, maybe mm. even longer. But with that team of players for even longer than that. Okay. I was, so so I, guess the, I guess the short answer is I was a founding member of Echo. And that's how I ended up being with them. Fair enough. <laughs> so it, it's interesting uh, because when I think of Echo, I think of EU, mm -hmm. but you're not EU. It is correct. Everyone at first assumes that I'm European because I play with the European Guild. It's actually fascinating to me. It, it seems almost, and I hope you'll forgive me for saying this, it seems almost antiquated to me that we identify players by their regional differences in 2022, mm -hmm. you know? Um, obviously latency is a thing and I think that's yeah. driving it to a large degree. People assume that you're going to play where your latency is the least, especially in games like first person shooters where latency matters a lot. Um, but even in MMOs, it matters a little bit. If you have an extra 0.2 seconds reaction time tax, it's going to matter in something like DSR or, you know, moving balls about to hit you or things like that. And so we assume that people are going to play where their latency is the least, but I'm actually not even the only person who plays with Echo from NA. There's two of us that played with Echo from NA. And there's several players from EU that play in North American guilds as well. In MMOs, it's becoming significantly more common than it was in the past. But everyone assumes I'm European. In fact, it's not uncommon that someone will come into my stream, um, see me playing with Echo and say, wow, bro. You have a really good English accent. Where did you go to school? <laughs> <laughs> your, your English is amazing. And I'm like, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I don't take it for granted, but uh, actually mm -hmm. I'm American. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. uh, I you know I would yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I do agree. You know, the, the regional differences is something that has uh, always been kind of odd uh in some regards but it, it was mostly due to how the servers function and latency and the division that came from that you want to play on the servers where mm -hmm. you have the best latency and everything right uh, of course that has changed uh i can let you know a lot of final fantasy 14 world first groups were mixed regions uh but they were based out of na servers or they were based out of eu servers or jp servers uh and so it, it's not not uncommon at all uh, I mean, that, back yeah. in the day when we had EU servers that were in Canada, uh, it was a little bit different where it didn't matter at all. Right. But uh, I think uh, one of the top leading world first groups right now has players from New Zealand, right? Uh, mm. And they're Which playing is be a American. lot of latency. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's not as common anymore. I think uh, when we talk about Final Fantasy fourteen world races. Uh, EU and NA can kind of blend together like that, but then it's a lot more difficult with the JP side. Uh, of yeah, the race. you're also adding a language barrier there. Yeah. Similarly yeah. in WoW, you have a lot of, 
it used to be very rare, like you say, it's growing more and more that people will play across the region, but you don't have very many Asian players from Asian region playing with American or EU servers or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, I've played with a young man from Taiwan and I played with someone from uh, uh, Singapore and there was a little bit of a language barrier mm -hmm. uh, and, and neither of those lasted very, very long. Um, Mm -hmm. because of language barrier and i can't imagine vice versa like me going and playing on a i used to joke about this right because and for a while i was really good at getting world second um, <laughs> and uh and i got world second in an a and then i got world second in a U. and there was a little bit of a joke okay it's time to go make a character on an asian server and get world second with asia but the idea is prohibitive because of the language barrier the, mm -hmm. the latency has nothing to do with it yeah yeah um, I mean, that's mostly what it is, is the language barrier and just like there's a there is actually a handful of like kind of cultural gaming differences. That's a little bit more significant JP versus EU versus NA uh, that I've known uh, and that we've seen kind of with the world racing scene, like most of the world racing scene, at least for Final Fantasy 14, there aren't groups on the JP servers that say they're world racing, even if they are going as hard as they can and they will likely get first. Um, so there's just a, there's a big difference. Is that to it. expectations management? Don't want to say we're going for it and then not win? Or yes, I think it's is. mostly due to like having that pressure on there. Like uh, m the times that we've had world first from the JP servers, the group never said anything about <laughs> racing. They just popped up and they're like, yeah, we killed they it before all it. you guys. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of go away. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the you know the twitchy mo the Chad way to do it, right? Yeah, just shows up, gets world first, doesn't elaborate, leaves. You know, that's no. It. There was one, and their group didn't have a name. They literally had no name, no like association. So their their group's name was no name. That's a good name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all that being said, just trying to like learn a little bit about your history and past with all the stuff before Final Fantasy XIV happened. Um, so now I, I am kind of curious about what did you think about Final Fantasy XIV as kind of a WoW player going into this MMO? Uh, like if, was there the only reason that you joined it because Echo wanted to do stuff in there or were you like generally interested in playing it? There's a little bit of a longer story here that okay. um, almost no one knows, and I think you'll be interested by. Okay. Um, several years ago, when I think we were in BFA at the time and starting to uh, compete for World First in World of Warcraft, and I believe that Final Fantasy was in Shadowbringers, um, I had a friend named Zealot who played Final Fantasy. And he was like, hey, Jesse, it'd be cool if you played this game with me. And I was like, all right, I like trying out MMOs. Star Wars Republic was pretty cool. I'll come try it. And he's like, great. We have a healer spot. Um, I need you to play Astrologian. And I'd like you to be leveled by next week. I was like, OK. So I went and I got my credit card and I swiped and I went through some quests. And I didn't, I don't know. I have no idea what they were like. And um, I ended up at max level. And we went into. Um, the raid, which no, it wasn't even Shadowbringers, was it? It was uh, Stormblood, I think. Stormblood. It, it the, the boss um, was the big blob with the gravity that you go up and down in. Oh yeah, that's uh, 
Oh, what's his name? I think it starts with a C. Why can't I? Cataclysm or something? Omega Raids, right? It's yeah. O, it's Omega Raids. Those, so so this was years ago, and this was my first ever encounter with Final Fantasy XIV. Skipping the story, blasting straight to the raid, being plugged into a static that's already cleared. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I fucking hated it. <laughs> I hated it. It was awful. I had no idea what off GCDs were like. I was used to World of Warcraft. If I push an off GCD, it goes off instantly and I can push my next global. I can't do that. I couldn't weave. And then, don't even get me started on, I was out of that thing before it went off and it still killed me (laughs) snapshotting. (laughs) I quit in like two weeks. It was over. I was done. I hate this game. (laughs) That was my first interaction and nothing else happened for two years. Okay. And then... um, you know, there was a huge influx of WoW players Final Fantasy. Asmongold yeah. started playing. Yeah. Um, Limit did an event. And obviously that got Echo's attention. We're always looking for events. Events equals streaming. Streaming equals money. Money equals groceries. I like buying my groceries. All right, Scribe. Yes, I'll join you. Scribe's like, we need a healer and we'd like you to play Astrologian. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was Shadowbringers. And I swiped and leveled and we went in and we did Eden. But it was... Um, it was different because this time, uh, this time, instead of like being plugged into a group that already knew what it was doing and feeling like I was a terrible player, instead, I played a lot before our group was going to play. And I did a lot of old content. I did a lot of alliance raids. I learned how the game worked. I learned what snapshotting was. I learned how the markers worked. And I actually had a huge amount of fun in Eden. Uh, and that is how. I first got into Final Fantasy. Before, before Zealot said try it out, I don't know that I'd ever heard of it. Mm. After he said tried it out, I'd heard of it and I thought it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it became this big thing in a way to buy, buy like grocery money or to get grocery money. And I was like, all right, I like grocery money. I'll do it. And it turned out to be really fun rating. And that was like my mm-hmm. first, that first hook about a year ago now in Eden mm-hmm. when, we, when we did Eden with Echo that got me. Yeah. Uh, was that the one that I was doing commentary on? Can't even remember. I think there was one of them <laughs> so long ago now. Uh, I've had a kid. It feels like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> it has been emotionally, mentally, and physically for you. It has been a decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a while back, man. Um, I think I think it was Echo. We 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 put together this whole event to try to capitalize on. Let's be honest, right? We were trying to capitalize on the hype. Yeah. And uh, and we said, okay, eight. Echo, World of Warcraft, World First Raiders are going to go in and do Eden completely blind, minimumitable, no Echo. And we did. And it was fun and, you know, hilarious and mm-hmm. I'm sure amazing to watch. Anyone remember yeah. Healer Jail incidents on Titan? And I think it was you talking about them as well. It's, yeah. I think it, you were part involved. I don't know if it was that. I can't remember which part I did commentary on uh, at this point. We um, had a good enough time, though, that um, we, we went back and we did... Eden Part Two and Eden Part Three, and then came back again in uh, in Endwalker. So it it did work. That's amazing. Yeah, no, uh, that whole influx, uh, you know, Aspen Gold was the catalyst towards. Hey, Final Fantasy XIV is not a shitty game, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing that that happened, and it was uh, a whole experience kind of seeing all that happen. It's a year now. It's a year past from when that went down, uh, and it's just completely different. Uh, perspective than we had before because I, I at least I felt like the Final Fantasy 14 community was isolated in some regards from the WoW community 
uh and when events happened like that it was always wow versus final fantasy 14 uh you know 14 sucks cat girls cat boys that's all yeah i remember we had a world of warcraft race that coincided with something in final fantasy and at the time i was so dialed out that i didn't even know what was going on but i remember people were like oh they're trying to commentate a little bit of what's happening in that game Mm -hmm. but but you're right like the two communities were thoroughly divorced from one another and essentially viewed each other with scorn largely Mm -hmm. i think yeah and then all Blizzard had to do was like massively screw up, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of worked out. <laughs> so, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, can't argue with that. Oh man! All right. Well, so getting into Final Fantasy fourteen, um, I guess when you were going through and you were trying to get more familiar with Final Fantasy fourteen, you started to uh, like it. Uh, I guess a lot more. Was it? I'm guessing it wasn't just the rating. It was a lot with the story that you felt like you were getting kind of sucked into it a little bit and you felt a part of. Um, you are completely wrong, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me what sucked so, you in. So, so we started a year ago doing Eden and doing blind progression um, in a game where it was actually blind because mm. there was no PTR testing mm-hmm. and there was no dungeon journal. And there was nothing to tell you what anything was doing except your own eyes and your own brain was really, really fun. And then doing fights that worked right and that you couldn't simply cheese and that weren't bugged and didn't need constant tuning was really, really fun. And then that first tier, Eden, that first tier of Eden was really good. That's what hooked me. I had mm-hmm. an absolute blast. I love, I will always be that kind of competitive progression raider who loves working with a team to solve a puzzle and execute the fight correctly and win. That is heroin to me um i mean <laughs> okay. it, it is it is addictively exhilarating i don't know it's sex yeah. it's so good <laughs> and 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 final fantasy's fights are really good they're very different than WoWs, but they are mm-hmm. really really good so that's what hooked me and it hooked me through Eden one it hooked me through Eden two it hooked me through Eden three but it, the story still hadn't touched me i was still in full you know elite world of warcraft raider mode and elite world of warcraft raiders do not pay attention to the story because the story is shit. We all know that. It's given. It's a fact. You can't pay attention to the story. You skip it as fast as you can. You level mm-hmm. as fast as you can. You get to the good stuff. That's the mode I was in. And I was still in that mode at the beginning of Endwalker, right? Mm-hmm. When Endwalker launched, I had pre-ordered because we knew we were going to do the new tier. We were excited about the raids because they're so good. But there was that whole, you know, problems with logins. You couldn't log in. Queues. I couldn't actually log in during the entire... Um, mm. Uh, uh, introductory period, right? The pre-launch period. And it didn't matter to me because I just spacebar, 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 escape, 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 watching Netflix on the other screen while I rushed through the story to get to the rate. Mm -hmm. That that was true all the way through this entire past year until we finally tried DSR in April and May. That is when other things started getting me. Up until then, I was pristine and pure. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. That's actually, yeah, I, I forgot all about the Inwalker launch uh, and the poor servers and then the bug with the login and everything else. And it was just such a pain and you just have to just stay logged in once you get in there. Because <laughs> if you get I out, heard about that. Yeah. It reminded me of times when, when WoW would have queues and people would have, well, obviously their software 
solutions now and their hardware solutions now, macros that keep you from being AFK, but people would set up like <laughs> fans to trigger a lever that pushes a pencil that pushes a key every five seconds, you know, the, the mechanical solutions. I yeah. just CBA'd with all of it. I was like, I'm going to skip the story anyway. It's going to take me 30 minutes. I don't care if I get to log in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, you said it wasn't until very, so that only very recently you got into the main story. Like, correct. Is I that... started playing the MSQ in May. Jeez, dude, you've had like, and you've completed everything? Um, over a month ago at this point. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I did the entire MSQ from May through uh, mid-July. That is, so all this stuff is extremely fresh to you. It is, uh, yeah. Uh, did you do any of the like extra quests or anything, or was it just the MSQ? Some of them. So I have some mods who enjoy talking to me about video games and have hung out in the stream for a long time who had been trying to get me to play the MSQ for a year. And when I said on a lark, almost impulsively, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll make a character tonight and try. They spent hours brainstorming and putting together this amazing route through the MSQ that included a huge amount of side content to ensure that anytime the MSQ referred to anything that happened in the past, even if it was a side content, I had done it, right? They, they mapped out and choreographed this route. So some of the side content I have done that was considered like good to have done, um, um, sky pirates, you know, things like that, that mm-hmm. get referred to later. Um, and some I haven't if they didn't think it was as good but have since come back to, right? So for example, Hildebrand, I hadn't done as part of the MSQ, but after I finished the MSQ, I went through that entire story as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people have said that I went through fast. To me, it didn't feel like I was going through fast. To me, it felt like I was mainlining something I needed, right? It's a testament (laughs) how good it was. I was waking up every day at 4.30 in the morning so that I could do more MSQ starting at five in the morning and streaming at least 12 hours every single day so that I could continue to see what happened next. And every night I'd be like, I guess I have to stop now. You guys have to go to bed. It's midnight in Europe. I'll see you at five in the morning tomorrow. (laughs) I couldn't stop. I needed to see what happened next. That's awesome. Are you like uh, someone who reads a lot or watches a lot of movies or invest yourself in like heavy entertainment outside of, you know, video games? I read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much every night before bed. Every night before, like, all right. Are, are you willing I, I, to say I, what you read? Are you reading, like, romance novels? Oh, or? oh you know, the Harlequin yeah. novels are my... <laughs> I, primarily read, um, I primarily read science fiction and mm-hmm. fantasy books. Okay, so it lines up very well. That's Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> it is, um, both of them together. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never forget how... <laughs> I mean, okay, there's so many examples, of this, but, but maybe the most mm-hmm. recent example is how... You know, a demigod has created a species of super intelligent bunnies to run a spaceship that is disguised as a moon, which, by the way, is also a prison. (laughs) It's like, what is this? (laughs) This is some kind of unbelievable chimera of science fiction and fantasy that isn't even. And and it's Final Fantasy XIV. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you play a lot of Final Fantasies before doing XIV? None. This is my first. Really? Yeah. Oh, geez, man. That's. You know, I've heard that a lot recently, but for me, that seems insane. You know, I, I'd say we're relatively in the same kind of age group here. Final Fantasy VII came out, and that was the RPG, right? That was, like, what mm-hmm. people played back then. And then Final Fantasy VI, when it was three, was also the, the RPG. 
Were you not into RPGs when you were growing up? I, I didn't play RPGs, no. Um, I didn't get into video games until I left home for various reasons that are not an appropriate conversation for this. Perfectly <laughs> fine. You. you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but when I became an adult, that's when I started playing video games. And for some reason, like the JRPGs just never impinged on my radar. I didn't hmm. play any of them, right? I played uh, strategy games, turn-based games, and RTSs for the most part until my first MMO, and that led me right into WoW. So I, I never played any Final Fantasy games or, or any other Asian games that I can really think of at all. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> for me, that just seems like impossible uh, growing up as a, a gamer. A lot of people in my stream agree with you. And yeah. the same people that tried to craft my way through the MSQ are trying to craft my way through upcoming Final Fantasy games as well. You know, you should. No reason not to. It's content. I agree. The, if, 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 if 14 is this good, why would I not at least try the other ones or at least some of the other ones? The, the biggest problem I have is mm -hmm. deciding which one. And normally when I decide, normally if I, have, if I have an abundance of options and I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to do, I'll say, oh, I'll do, you know, such and such X. But the problem is if I say, oh, I'll play some kind of Final Fantasy, whatever, Final Fantasy X, then my entire stream is like, oh, X, that's a great one. You should definitely start with X. <laughs> <laughs> well, X is a Final Fantasy. So you just said you're going to play Final Fantasy X. So, I mean, I don't <laughs> know what to tell you. Uh okay, all right. I I wanna I wanna break this down a little bit. Uh, because going through the story, you have to go through was it the base story, then four expansions afterwards. Was there any of them like coming from your perspective? Like I did it over the course of their release, right? So these things you started with, at the beginning. Yeah, well, not I didn't do one point oh. I did it uh, at two point oh. Yeah, the second beginning. Uh, but when you did it, you know, you kind of went through all of them back to back. Uh, and it's oh, yeah. a different experience. Like if you ever watch a, a series and you're just watching it one at a time every week or every month, you watch an episode, then versus the situation where you just kind of sit down and you watch them over and over and over again, you feel a different experience. What's, Absolutely. Do you feel just from your perspective doing that, that you have a preferred expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen? Um, touching on that real quick first, it's very interesting because it's something I talked about when I stream because mm. they would sometimes say things like, imagine if you had to wait to find this answer. There are definitely mm. some pros and cons to smashing it. There were things yes. that were really raw to me because they had just happened two days ago. Or sometimes someone would, a character would say, do you remember when? And people would be like, yeah, it was yesterday. Where, and, and then versus, on the other hand, my answers, I never had to wait. I got the, mm. I, if, if I had a question, it got answered the next day mm -hmm. <laughs> or right. two days later. Um, so back to your question was, was whether I had a favorite expansion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite expansion. Normally I don't do tier lists. Um, okay. I think they're, uh, well, normally I don't do tier lists. Sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> let's say, was there but, a point? But there in... is, there is an answer here, right? Okay. Which is that I think Shadowbringers is my favorite because okay. it was a, to me, Shadowbringers as a, as a consumer of a lot of, of stories. I've consumed a lot of stories in video games, in books, in plays, in operas, in TV shows and movies. I mean, we all love stories, right? Shadowbringers was the most interesting, complex, well-woven story they told. It was literary. It was, I would place it in the top five or 10 stories I've consumed across all literature, movies and games ever. Wow. As an expansion. So it is my favorite because of that. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, I think a lot of people may agree with you. Inwalker ha- hits different. Uh, it's kind of a different feel yes. to it. Uh, but Shadowbringers. experience. Um, if you'll forgive the interruption, I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like Shadowbringers is the more cohesive, complete, self-contained story that you can look mm-hmm. at and be like, this could be a book. Whereas Endwalker is not, it's more like it's the last book of an epic author's like trilogy weaving together everything that's happened before into a satisfying conclusion. It's a different thing yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, when it came out, by the way, Shadowbringers was considered like a masterpiece uh and it was heavily advertised that this is one of the uh best game expansions that ever came out ever ever <laughs> so yep uh um, i agree it's not surprising to hear you say that uh when what was that when that big wow movement came into final fantasy 14 that was during Shadowbringers, and everyone who came over and actually did the story got to end on this amazing story that was considered in Herald as one of the best expansions ever. Uh, so it's just the timing of all that stuff was perfect for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, Very serendipitous. Yeah. Meanwhile, I skipped everything and had no idea what was going on. Yep, yep. Not <laughs> uncommon. It's not uncommon. Uh, and I mean, to be honest with you, if, that, if you're enjoying yourself skipping the story, it doesn't matter. You can True. always go that. back. Yeah. Always. It's always there. It never just goes away, right? So you never really... Yeah, I mean, you absolutely. might sort of spoil something, you know, at some point. But if you're not thinking about the story in the first place, are you really spoiling anything? It doesn't... No. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can attest to that with... with and so can my stream, who, who saw what I was going through and, and witnessed my reactions. Um, having, having, quote unquote, played through it, spamming Spacebar and Escape as fast as you can, people who have played the story and actually experienced it underestimate, I think, how little happens outside of that stuff you skip. If you skip every quest box by the space bar, you skip every cutscene and you don't read any quest, you have no idea of anything. Nothing happens out of that. And meanwhile, by the way, I'm also watching Netflix on the other screen. Um, <laughs> like, like, I had no idea what happened in Shadowbringers. In Endwalker, people kept asking me, didn't you play this in order to do the tier? And I had. And the only thing that I remember from Endwalker was that at some point I was on the moon, completely lost, couldn't find where I was trying to find this stupid quest to turn in so I could go back to my Netflix screen. And the only reason I remember is because I was so lost, I had to actually look away from my, my show. That was it. That's all I remembered. <laughs> trying to find the, what kind of dog is that? I don't even know what kind of dog. That yeah, is. it's a dog. And there was a chasm. And apparently the dog yeah. had showed me the way. And now I know the way because this time I was actually, you know, playing the game. But at the mm-hmm. time I had paid no attention and had no idea where I was going. And I was completely lost. Yeah. You just saw some buddies <laughs> but, uh, pop up, right? And you're like, exactly, what the hell am I doing? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you click on the quest, you follow the arrow, you glance over on YouTube. But but there isn't mm. they, another another serendipity, right? This is pure luck. But the way that they've crafted the story to be displayed through these conversations, cutscenes, and quest boxes is such that if you skip, you aren't even spoiling yourself. Really, you know, mm-hmm. there's almost no damage done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't I don't know how intentional that is. Like when they're making the game, I doubt it's intentional at all. Yeah. I think it's pure luck. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just kind of works out that way. But man, uh, I sorry, I'm trying to think of. I someone said dogphilia, and I'm like, yeah, I forgot about that. I that bothers me. Someone said that <laughs> in my stream too. It's yeah. ah, the the community's disdain for Minphilia irks me. She's oh, a really? good character. 
Is she? <laughs> yes, of course okay. she is. Okay. She's not a. She's not a. She doesn't have a combat job. She's mm-hmm. she's not a warrior or a dark knight or a fighter. But what mm-hmm. she is is a leader and an inspirer, and she does the absolute best she can. She provides inspiration and leadership to a group of people that wouldn't have come together if it weren't for her. Who would who would be bereft without her leadership? Yeah, I th- I think that those roles are important um, and and worth worth. Not calling our dog Philia. <laughs> well, it was a least. dog. It was a. It was yeah, a, yeah, I so, mean that's I mean, true. You know, it, it adds up. But I mean, this is also coming from people. Uh, I, I don't know if this the people who are saying that is completely true, but it's from the people who experienced Menphilia in a realm reborn and didn't have all this extra stuff that was added in the other experiences. So there was like years <laughs> of dealing because a realm reborn. She really wasn't that much of a character uh, that you you felt a lot for. I mean, when you get into that, get into the ending cutscene of A Realm Reborn, things start to change a little bit because <laughs> you think everyone's dying, right? Yeah. Uh, one by one. But uh, man, it's it was pretty good. I, I'm just recalling those days back, experiencing the story, uh, and just mm. we were talking about just a little bit ago. But yeah, when we were waiting for these expansions, we we sat waiting, theorizing, and talking, and having tons of discussions oh, yeah. about this, right? And so there was so That's much a huge difference. Yeah, it, there's so much just going through our heads, and so much excitement for what is the answer. We think it's this, but getting those results afterwards. Uh, I have a a really good example of that. Actually, this is kind of interesting. Um, I assume spoilers are okay on the show, right? Absolutely. This, so by okay. the way, our spoiler <laughs> meter is literally dependent on the guest. And so if you've seen everything, uh, the, the whole goal is to not spoil things for you. I don't care. The viewers, oh, whatever. Safe. Screw them. All right. Yeah, yeah. true. They're just there to give us money. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, so what I was going to say, this is actually really interesting because doing, doing the MSQ like, like I did, mainlined has some advantages in that things are really fresh in my head. I remember details very clearly. But on the other hand, I don't have this like year-long period to mm-hmm. speculate, rewatch, and then come together in a community, an unbelievably passionate, interested, devoted, and intelligent community, by the way, to yeah. come up with really cool theories. And so like when, I don't know if you've seen this clip, there's a very famous clip out there when they start bringing people back to life. And I'm like mad about it. And I'm like, so Xenos comes back to life. Okay. There's a very famous clip. If you haven't seen it, you need to clip it. We'll link it for you. Okay. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Have you, you haven't seen it? I have it? Let's not get him seen clip. it. I okay. Feel like we got to get him the clip. We got to get, okay. get the clip. Hold on. Let me get it. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. You want me to play it on stream too? Yeah, you can. I'm going to link it to you. All right. I got to be careful with this kind of window cropping stuff. Uh, let's see. All right. It's coming up in our chat. All right. And I see that chat without messing up uh, everything. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not messing up anything. I'm doing really good. Uh, all right. Then if I hold here. Oh, also, well, hold on a second. I got to make sure. Did you do any of the ad incentive stuff with Twitch? Uh, yes. Okay, so it might be. I'm, I'm waiting for it because <laughs> we have it on the channel, but I don't. I, I've been trying to control it, but it doesn't let me control it as well as I think it does. And we are getting kind of uh-huh. close to that point to where it wants to run something. Uh, screw it. We're we're gonna go for it. 
Alright, let's see. I need to crop this out. Uh, Alright. I'm in studio mode, so I'm not completely screwing up anything. Have you ever messed up your stream and showed stuff on there you shouldn't have? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The number of VODs <laughs> who have died because of that. I once showed my credit card information on the stream, man. It was Are you a bad serious? Day. Yeah, it was a bad day. <laughs> I was going through a phase where I had a stalker and I showed my credit card information and address at the same time. It was the worst time of my life. That is horrible. <laughs> it was so unfortunate. I am so sorry. That That's like literally uh, my my deep fear uh, is that I'm going to mess up something and then someone's going to come and just completely ruin my actual life. Uh, all right, hold on. I think I have it on there. I'm going to switch over to it. Alright. I'm gonna turn this up so I can hear it okay. This as well. Oh hold on, here we go. I I had the this had the video is So dumb. Mm -hmm. Maybe you wanna bring back Gaius as well. <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm just gonna keep playing it. Maybe you want to bring back Gaius as well. This went over and over again. This is so dumb. The Maybe Gaius you want to bring moment. back Gaius. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so, so, yeah, go ahead. Let I'm, me gonna, know what you're no, doing. I'm trans. I'm transitioning. I'm going back. I'm going back. Uh, all right, <laughs> go ahead. So, so I was, I was mad. I was like the. I didn't even think right. I just referred to the least likely villain that could possibly come back. I was. It hadn't even, like, never in a million years would have occurred to me that he wouldn't be dead or would come back, right? That was my go-to example. And then yeah. here's, to tie this back to your original point about theorizing and the community coming together to figure things out for the yeah. we, we get to a man in a desert who I called Clint. Oh, okay. <laughs> I called him Clint because he looked like Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. He had a cool voice. He was all alone, very manly. He talked like this. It's like, all right, we got a guy named Clint. And I had no idea what I was dealing with. And then there's the follow-up clip that I can show if you if you want. The follow-up sure. clip where, if maybe my stream can link it, where I find out that it's Gaius. And I'm just <laughs> fucking stun-locked out of my mind. Had no idea what... He says, right, he says, would you rather call me Gaius or something Ben Belser? And I was like, why would I call you either of those things? He's dead! <laughs> <laughs> and... and um. Oh, would you rather call me the Black Wolf? I'm like, oh. no, I'm not going to call you that. And and chat, but in the meantime, and this is coming back to the original point, chat in the meantime is like, he's got the same weapon, he's got the same move sets, he's got the same attacks. And I'm like, okay, well, you guys spent two years or whatever theorizing about who this man was, tracking mm -hmm. down the references. Meanwhile, to me, he died yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh... I think a lot of people who follow the Final Fantasy fourteen lore caught it like immediately. <laughs> it was one of those yeah. things. And uh yeah. same thing with a handful of characters and stuff. Just we have some really, really amazing lore junkies. Uh that can pretty yeah. much tell you everything and how they expect it to pan out. And they can get about seventy five percent of it at least, right? Um but man, yeah, uh, I'm thinking back yeah. when I I'm, saw I'm that. I'm experiencing that a little bit now with yeah. what's happening with the 6.2 speculation. But at the time, like that would, that would happen constantly. Like something would shock me out of my seat. 
which I would be like, oh, but you know, if you had spent six months thinking about it like we did, you would have noticed this tiny little mask on his belt or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh man. But now you're in that seat, right? You're, you're in, I'm the... in that seat. I'm experiencing the speculation now. Now I'm with you guys wondering what happens next. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen next? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was fairly confident we were going to the 13th. That seems to be confirmed. The, like the best speculation I have, the most interesting things I think I have to say, which probably isn't very interesting, others have said, is that if you've done the... Sh- I, because again, this was all merged together for me, right? I did mm-hmm. the Shadowbringer role quests, you know, like a day before I did um, 6.1 stuff. So mm-hmm. I had just done the role quests, which have us meet and talk with Scylla and you knuckle high about creating portals to the 13th because they want to go back to their homeland and redeem mm-hmm. it and see if anyone can be saved. And then the next day I do 6.1, which is about our dragon friend, Ritra, trying to go to the 13th to find his sister. And I'm like, wow, are those going to tie together? Maybe she'll be involved. And now in the trailer, we hear a woman talking. Could it be <laughs> her? Are they going to tie it back to Scylla? That's the best I got. I don't have a lot of speculation. I'm I'm still like a lore baby, but... That, that's probably the most interesting thought I, thought I have is that it would be cool if they brought back you Knuckle High and Scylla and tied them in in some way. If it makes you feel any better, uh, you're probably way past me in lore because I've forgotten a lot of things <laughs> by now. You know, it's been so long that things have just completely left my brain. Like, uh, you know, Graha was such a big thing for a lot of people. Uh, they showed mm. a trailer for when we were going into Shadowbringers and they showed the kind of outline of that character and like half the people were like oh that's Grahatia I'm like who the hell is Grahatia (laughs) (laughs) that's one of the ones that I actually did catch um going into Shadowbringers they uh I had just because again my mods I had just done all the Crystal Tower stuff you know a couple of weeks before a couple of days before I don't remember Mm -hmm. and we have this guy and you get teleported from the tower. This also looks like the tower. He starts making these very sussy references. I'm like, I think that's Graha. And then chat being chat, they think they're so smart. They want to convince you that you're wrong so that you can still have the, <laughs> so that you can still be surprised. And they're like, streamer wears his tail. I'm like, guys, you're just convincing me I'm right. If you try too hard to convince me I'm wrong, it makes me think I'm right. And so that, that was one I actually caught. Did, did uh, they not sp- uh, spam smiles for you? Not, not no. They were, I, I think they were, some of them spam smiles. That was okay. a thing that was enforced by my chat. But I think two or three times when I would speculate about something and I'd be too close to the truth, they would try to convince me I was wrong. You know? <laughs> Instead of smiling. A little bit of a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't control it. It's, it's like a, you can't a reaction. Control it. it is right? what it is. Of course. Of yeah. course. Uh, but man, yeah. You know, for some reason, when I thought bringing on a uh, professional MMO raider uh, I didn't think that I would spend like already 40 minutes talking about the main story quest. <laughs> I loved this story. It was yeah. so good. I could go on for hours about it. And in fact, I have, you know, yeah. through, so I mean, maybe I'm one not surprised day you're surprised. Uh, we'll do another lore episode and we'll bring you on and you Let's can talk go. about it. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people are kind of interested also in your opinions on rating and everything. We did talk a little bit about it. Um, and uh, we talked about how it is kind of funny that you stop playing the game because of Final Fantasy XIV rating, mm-hmm. and then you started playing again and, and loving the game for the exact same reason. Yep. Yeah, uh, 
But that's just because of the experience going into it, yeah, right? It's the experience of being plugged in and having no idea how to play and sucking at it because you have no idea how to play versus being part of a team of, you know, your same beginner level and playing mm -hmm. with them. That's a very different experience. And it one is. is kind of set up in a way to make you not enjoy it, particularly because, let's admit it, a lot of Final Fantasy XIV um, mechanics are extremely unique to MMOs. You know, I would call, I would call what you call snapshotting and what regular mm -hmm. people call horrific lag, a fairly <laughs> unique um, mechanic that takes some adjustment to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Final Fantasy XIV, I mean, there's, there's benefits in all this stuff. Like I used to, back in my day with WoW, uh, I did Karazhan and I did a handful of those raids, but we never did anything really too aggressive. It was always with friends uh, doing those raids. And I was used to those style, that kind of style of raiding. Then I got into Final Fantasy XIV. I'm like, man, I want a big castle that I go in and I do stuff with, but it was just going into an instance and fighting a boss. Oh, yeah. Uh, We've talked about that a lot because one of the things people don't like about WoW is trash. You know, why do I want to fight trash for an hour in order to fight a boss? And you see in modern guilds, all they do is skip it. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting that point you make because in WoW, the raids usually are this assault by a small band of adventurers on a huge citadel of the enemy, and mm -hmm. Trash gives that ambiance, you know, yeah. in a way that Final Fantasy never has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Final Fantasy fourteen, I think, you know, they did try a little bit in the very beginning raids with coils. You'll see some of that trash in there, uh, and then they just moved away from it. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, that being said, I, I'm guessing you haven't done... Uh, BA, have you? Correct. Um, yeah. That's the thing at the end of uh, Eureka, right? I yeah. just hit level 20 in Eureka last week. Okay, okay. Uh, I haven't done it, to be fair. I've watched it. Uh, <laughs> I've seen people try to clear it. It actually became something that I I actually tracked. I, was it that or something else? That, I can't even remember the World Race stuff that I tracked anymore. Uh, but it was one of those things we expected people just to clear it the next day. Um, and it turned out not to be completely that scenario where it just turned into a huge community coming together. It was such a weird experience for that because uh, there was no group that was really made to handle it. And so data centers just came together to clear these fights because uh, there was so many people mm -hmm. and they just didn't know how to handle it in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and so uh, those were really interesting experiences. I don't know if we'll have anything like that again. If we have another big raid, it will likely be a big group that knows what they're doing going into it. Um, they tried that with DR2, but I'm guessing you haven't gotten to that one yet. Uh, DR2? DR Savage. A two is a demo. Oh, ah, uh, ah, no, yeah. I, did the, I did the regular version of DR. DR Savage is on my list of Final Fantasy school things to do in the upcoming month. Yeah. That was so bad that I, when I started tracking it, uh, I didn't know what a group was called, and I called them Aether Group 2, and now they, the people who led that group spitefully call their name Aether Group 2, Aether Group 3, and 4, <laughs> and everything else. Um, but it's interesting, because Final Fantasy XIV does that sometimes, where they want to experience in these raid concepts, what would it look like in Final Fantasy XIV, right? Besides the eight-man raid. Uh, they're used mm -hmm. to doing that, and they stick with that formula, but they do dive out of it every once in a while for fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when we see stuff like BA and DRS. Um, but, you know, if it's really good, it's going to continue in some way. Uh, yeah. But and, and I think the consensus by most people is that, is that 
you know, trash isn't interesting. You know, you can yeah yeah bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just uninteresting, right? Like yeah. uh, most people's consensus is that I want to fight the boss. The boss has the interesting mechanics. The boss is why yeah. I'm here. Trash kind of gatekeeping you away from it is like a relic of an old MMO system where in order to earn the right to have the fun of fighting the boss, you have to go through all of these other hoops and that's just one more hoop. Mm -hmm. So while I do think that there's some role-playing justifications for some of it when you're trying to create this ambiance of a gigantic fortress, which maybe I'll see in BA, I don't know. Um, it isn't something that most people enjoy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would never advocate for it to be larger in Final Fantasy. The one thing that might be interesting, it, it's weird that in Final Fantasy, you never, you never even close to feel like you're in that Citadel outside of like Alliance raids, right? Yeah. You queue up for turn one, you kill a boss, you leave. You queue up for turn two, you don't journey through Pandemonium, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, That might be interesting to do. We were kind of hoping that it'd be something like that when we were seeing the previews for uh, Pandemonium. Uh, way back in the day and they're showing screenshots and walking around and we're like hey this looks like the entryway to like a kind of castle dungeon area and of course it, <laughs> it was a hopeful speculation that they would have a little bit of fun yeah. of it but um no i man i uh i kind of miss it but you are right it, it, it would get old if you had to do trash all get old the time and yeah. you would just try to skip it and blast it as fast as you could i'd speak yeah. from experience here all you do is skip it <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, now you just kind of jump into a fight and you just kind of attack it and uh, <laughs> and go through those mechanics, do this dance. That's what Final Fantasy fourteen rating really is. It's some sort of dance between eight players uh, with a few kind of 50-50. Every once in a while, they'll do like three different options for what might happen. Uh, but figuring that out is the fun part, which is why it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it's enough of a dance. I like I I love blind progression. It is so much fun, and figuring that out is very fun. But the the thing that they do really really well. Not everyone loves blind progression. In fact, I would, I would argue most likely the data will show that very few people do. You would rather watch a video, learn how to do it, do it. And the thing is, is these fights are, like you say, a dance that is sufficiently intricate and aesthetically pleasing mm -hmm. that executing it is also really really fun. You know. Um, there's lots of examples of this, right? When you do when you do lights rampant or lions rampant right, it looks pretty, <laughs> feels satisfying. When you do yeah. the Nidhogg phase, I will I will go to my deathbed saying that the Nidhogg phase of DSR is possibly the most satisfying, aesthetically well designed phase I've ever encountered in any PV encounter ever, in terms of feeling really good to execute right. And, and like, it doesn't matter if you do a blind or not. It doesn't matter if you're figuring it out or not because it's difficult, challenging, and yet feels amazing to, to, to perform well. So that whether you, even if you don't like blind progression, you still glow after you do that well. It feels mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll ever have another fight like DS, DRS uh, or DSR. Yeah, DS, sorry, getting all mixed up here. Uh, we'll never have another fight like that, I don't think, with Final Fantasy fourteen. I think that's their peak. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how they can produce that again. They spent uh, years on that. I uh, wouldn't be surprised. It's a, it's, a, it's a masterpiece of a fight, right? In terms yeah. of storytelling, tying in to the, to the MSQ, tying into the cinematic moments of, of, of the story, the cinematic moments of the fight, the incredibly well-executed mechanics, the difficulty level. If, if, if it's the best PV encounter I've ever played, which mm -hmm. it is, then it would not be a, a condemnation of their team for them to never equal it again. Right. You can't always be perfect. Mm -hmm. 
No, absolutely not. Uh, it's just a realization by me. It's like <laughs> seeing that and thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When Shadowbringers came out, I was like, well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, there, it's, it just has to go downhill from here. There's nowhere else to go. Uh, but they kept it pretty good with Endwalker. I mean, uh, you know, Shadowbringers holds a special place, but Endwalker does too, uh, to me. And so, I mean, there is a chance that they'll create something like that again, but I don't think they're ever going to have that difficulty uh, in this game. I think they're going to try to lower that down a little bit because there are so many story elements. Uh, you didn't know anything about the story when you first attempted it, right? No. When we started DSR, I was still in the, I have done none of the story. I've skipped everything. I have no idea who these people are, who these locations are. And then what happened was we started playing through it. got phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And I'm like, to me, if the story coming from my background, it felt Shakespearean, you know, um, it really, truly did. We had, we had a scene setting and then we had act one and we had act two, we had act three, the, the queuing up part told us that you're going to try to change history and save some dude who the fuck knows who this guy is. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, so there, so we have act one, act two, act three, they're telling us how it's happened. And then they're going to have act one, act two, act three telling us how it might go if we save him. I'm like, this is super cool storytelling it's like shakespearean who the hell wrote this did they write other things they wrote the story of the game all right so one night as i talk about how shakespearean and awesome this is just and have and how it's weird that i don't have any idea what's going on just the structure of a play i'm like should i play the msq i guess i should and chat's like, yes, do it right now. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I've, I've got time. I started a character and I started it. Mm -hmm. And then it, the funny thing is people are like, I wonder if you'll finish Heavensward before they finish DSR. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and um, are you going to stop with Heavensward? And we get to Heavensward. I learn who this guy is while we're fighting. I learn who Harshfont is. Mm -hmm. Still don't realize that's the guy in the fight. <laughs> I go in the next day. I see the, the day mm -hmm. after Harshfont dies. I see we're on that bridge. This is where he died? That's where this fight is set? Oh my God, the trauma. And <laughs> then we go into Thor and everything started being so new and fresh. And then we, this is actually Harshfond. He's dying in front of me the same way he died in the MSQ. And now we're trying to prevent him from dying in order to change history. It just hit so different, Man, you know? That, like, that character in particular had memorials at FanFest events. Uh, set up like by players they would come by and put little candles and pictures of him over in like a corner somewhere uh it, it mm -hmm. is just coming from it from a like a long term time final fantasy 14 player this fight was outstandingly like emotional uh mm -hmm. to go I through can, i can only imagine what it was like like the thing that this i make this so amazing to me is that this ultimate experience that the players were experiencing as I started the world race, to the extent that they streamed it, some of them did, right? Some, te some yeah. teams were streaming. It had to have become, I can only imagine, but it had to have become almost a community event as thousands of people who experienced this in their MSQs are now watching and experiencing these cinematic phases occur with the players. And mm -hmm. that has to be just the most amazing community thing to do. Yeah, and it absolutely, world race is always like a big community event. This one was a huge one for sure. Uh, but because we don't get that insight into the fights, which is going to change with this upcoming raid a little bit because we'll be able to do the normal mode one week before Savage mode comes out. Um, but it's always been an adventure for people to see what these fights look like and then get mm -hmm. that secret Savage part at the very end. 
that's only there for uh, people who are able to make it up to that point. And everyone just watches because they want to see what happens next. And then what we have is yeah. we have the world race memers who will put little pictures of cats or just random things on their Twitter while they're racing just to fuck with everybody. Uh, <laughs> True. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting how the world race for Final Fantasy XIV works uh, because it is a big thing where the top players don't stream. They just don't. Yep. Uh, and it it really does make sense for Final Fantasy XIV, although it's very profitable <laughs> to stream. Uh, and I, Final Fantasy XIV might change one day. Uh, it might, that. but there are a couple of severe barriers to it. Yeah. And I, I mean, the fact that it's so puzzle-based makes it really difficult to feel confident about showing your strategy and what those mechanics are. While people have... Uh, players who are just analyzing the fight and out there looking for content that might show the next piece so they can get their team ahead. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just, it's rough. And Savage is a little bit different because it goes by so fast. It does, uh, yeah, uh, very fast. Ultimate, you really don't, like, <laughs> if you want to win, it's not going to happen, likely, if you're streaming. I don't just, know. I don't know I about mean, that. Why, why went through the same thing, right? There was this phase of if you stream, you're going to mm -hmm. lose. You're going to show people they're going to be able to catch up. They're going to copy your strat and, and, and you know, like riding mm -hmm. behind the, the head biker and stuff like that. But it turned out to not be the case. I'm, I know that Final Fantasy, let's, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, that they are a little bit more puzzle based and seeing something lets you solve it and it's not as mechanically heavy. Let's make that argument. Maybe. I'm not sure if I mm -hmm. agree with it, but let's make that argument. Okay. I don't know if it's as impactful as we think. And I don't think that's the biggest barrier. To streaming. Mm. I think that some teams were on the verge of being willing to stream Savage. Like, oh, yeah. almost there. They are. And then, <laughs> plugins. <laughs> yeah. Like, let, like let's, let's, let's acknowledge the elephant Absolutely. in the room. If you want to compete for World First, you are going to have logs. Mm -hmm. If you want to compete for World First, there are certain plugins you are going to use. And if you are afraid that you are going to be brigaded and then banned because of that, because let's face it, plugin policy is only enforced against streamers, you're not going to stream because it's more important to you that you win the race. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the biggest barrier is that we have this policy about plugins that mm -hmm. causes streamers to be afraid to use them, which means that world first racers won't stream, which means we won't stream the world first race. Yeah. And, and it's a hard conundrum because you do want to prevent the use of very bad plugins. Like some of ones we've seen recently evidence mm -hmm. of just straight up freaking cheating. Yeah. While there are others that legitimate racers are going to feel like they have to use like logs and that probably I don't think square would actually object to if they had a more discerning policy, it's mm -hmm. a hard thing to deal with. And the unfortunate side effect of this difficult decision-making is that streamers are the ones that get punished for plugins, which means that World First racers will not stream. Yeah. If that weren't there, I think World First teams would probably start streaming already. I really do. Well, so when we think about, I guess, plugins for Final Fantasy XIV, uh, what are uh, the plugins that help people? It's usually DPS and looking at logs. You don't technically have to put that on stream, though, right? I mean, That's the, true. the UI ones are the ones that... Those are the bigger ones. And those... there's a couple of those that are huge, right? Um, just as This is a great example, I think. And mm -hmm. there's ways around it, but, but they'll, they'll slow you down. Mm -hmm. Debuff timers on party frames, okay? Yeah. This is a crucial piece of data that tabletop games from 50 years ago, when you roll the dice, will tell you how long your debuff lasts. But for whatever reason, we don't have debuff timers on our default party list in, in Final Fantasy. And it's... You can get around it by everyone screenshotting and 
and <laughs> saying, okay, mine was 18 and mine was 12 and mine was three, but that's going to slow you way the fuck down compared to just taking a screenshot or looking at your bot and saying, I've got a plugin that shows them all and they're right here. Mm -hmm. And and that's going to speed up your progression on any fight, with which, which involves debuffs, like, for example, you got, I don't know, the the every fight ever <laughs> yeah 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 and um and and if that's gonna that's you can't put that off screen that's right there on your screen mm -hmm. and if you stream world first final fantasy you've got ten thousand people watching they see that a thousand of them are going to report you to square and then because square has this policy they're going to ban you so you're not going to stream mm -hmm. that's what's preventing the streaming because those kinds of plugins are the kind of functionality that I would argue are baseline necessary and borderline mandatory for an MMO in 2022 that world frustrators are going to use because not doing so would be deliberately handicapping themselves and they can't stream themselves doing it. That's true. I can see that. Uh, absolutely. That does <laughs> provide a lot. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of the other, that, that's a huge, huge uh, advantage being able to see that. Um, let me think. I think that's the only one I can think of, though, outside of like the debuff timers are extremely important. But what other mechanics Final Fantasy XIV, uh, just by basic UI and uh, changes, would give you an advantage? I would say that the logs, which you're right, don't have to be on screen, and the debuff yeah. timers are probably the biggest ones. Okay. And I mean, damage, uh, just looking to see. Well, I don't know. I, logs give you all of that data. Like how, yeah. why you died, it's on the logs. Yeah. What's doing damage? There on the logs what kind of damage physical or like that one's really important in because when when they did the plugins Fufara, echo decided we're gonna market ourselves as using zero plugins for dsr which by the way was miserable because <laughs> some mitigation in this game doesn't work on some kinds of damage and the log doesn't tell you what you got hit by you know yep. so, but by log i mean the in-game combat log so we're like right. is this physical i don't know but a log <laughs> tells you it's physical right yep. so, so logs give you all of the data you need it's unbelievably valuable um, yeah. I don't. I can't really think of many other plugins that people would be like, I need to have this, and yet I can't show it. But mm -hmm. uh, those would be the big ones. Now, yeah. there's always the possibility that there are less legitimate things being used because we've seen examples of that lately. Oh, yeah. I obviously give the top teams the benefit of the doubt. I don't think anyone's using that. But those are the kinds of things that should be against the rules and penalized. Yeah. Those guys are never going to stream anyway, right? You don't have to. That, yeah. The fact that those came out in the first place is hilarious and a mistake. Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah, th those kind of things. Uh, Square Enix does do some things. They try to, I don't know if they try to break plugins. I guess maybe they do have some level of resources devoted towards breaking plugins uh, like that uh, when they do a patch for Savage or anything else. But with this, they're going to, we're going to have a week for people to really mess with that data. I mean, they could do some stuff to kind of hide the information and things that you need uh, that would be related to these kind of different plugins that would give you that, those advantages. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 if you don't know, I'm very invested in Final Fantasy XIV's world race. And Me too. I, I think it deserves a world first race. I think it would be huge and yeah. awesome. I mean, it, it has, it's not near the level of what WoW has. It's not near the level of uh, some other games. Uh, but I, it, having professional teams that are sponsored in the world race would be pretty good. That'd be pretty nice. Yep. Um, but it does make it very tricky because very competitive teams will, like you said, use plugins and Square Enix won't support them in any way, shape, or regard. Yeah. Um, so they won't stream. And there is also, I don't want to diminish or minimize the fact that there's a very real fear that if we stream, we might have an advantage and lose it because someone covers our threats. That's a fear. I just think it's one yeah. that 
we got over in WoW, and it turned out to not really be a problem. And I think that's probably true here as well. And I, and I get the sense that teams were on the verge of doing it until I, I really think that that's the issue. But yeah, it's well, a conundrum that we can't solve on our side. Yeah, Savage is completely different in that regard because if you're stopping to like look and try to do someone else's strat, it could throw you off a lot if you're already kind of in a groove and you have a strat that will work. Uh, and I mean, not entirely, I guess, but that there is uh, that consideration to trying to copy someone else's <laughs> work isn't going to work for your group as well. Um, I mean, the um, the there there are some solutions that I that I think may be being worked on. Right, we get we've we got hints recently. Joshi mm -hmm. P did an interview saying that I read a translation of saying that we're working on UI upgrades, and a lot of the plugins that people use are UI related. If those got created to be baseline, they wouldn't need to use those UI changes. And then mm -hmm. maybe the barrier would sort of vanish on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you know what? Uh, there is something I wanted to talk to you about. So I, I of course, get into world race stuff with you. Uh, and away from rating in general, there were some general rating questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, one of them being kind of, uh, I guess this is, this goes into it pretty well, but you said you stepped down from WoW rating. Yes, I have. Now, that was just, hey, I'm not going to do WoW rating this tier or the next tier or just <laughs> done, done, done. Um, so this was, not, the answer is very simple. I'm done with World of Warcraft. Um, okay. And it, the, the process of coming to that decision was, you know, a long, thoughtful process. It was not impulsive. It was... It, it, it was over the course of months. Um, but it's, it's extremely common for world first racers to be done at some point, right? It's mm -hmm. a playing WoW at that level, getting world first is way more than a full-time job. It is an unbelievable amount of time. For every hour of the good stuff you get of doing actual progression in the raid, you spend, and I'm not exaggerating, like 100 hours of doing garbage. Just absolute, unfun, miserable, life-destroying garbage. Mm -hmm. And for years, it was worth it to me, right? That fun in the progression was so much fun, and the garbage was so meaningless to me that it was fine. It was worth it to me. But for the past two tiers, it's become less and less worth it to me. The only mm -hmm. reason I was playing anymore for the past two tiers was because I was having fun with my friends. I loved playing with my friends. And because that one or two weeks of actual progression was intense, amazing fun. I've told you before, right? That, that mm -hmm. process of... Solving a fight, doing the fight, winning the fight is pure sex to me. I am addicted to that. <laughs> but, but when an addict, you know, you, <laughs> when an addict has only one source for something, he'll do anything for it. Yeah, I'll do Torghast. I'll do Islands. I'll do World Quest. This is the only place I can get my drug. Mm -hmm. but now I find Final Fantasy. So and, and it's free almost i don't have to do Torghast. i don't have to do islands they give me crafted gear at the beginning of the tier and i go fight bosses right away why yeah. would i do all that other garbage i'm done with it i quit goodbye so final fantasy rating killed wow for you it did yes okay all right all right uh and that that is a extremely um extremely big argument that people have when they're comparing Final Fantasy 14 to WoW everything else is that it's so easily accessible to get into rating for Final Fantasy 14. It's not. You get eight people together, the gear is pretty much there for you, uh, especially this tier when they have a week to obtain it. 
There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing that stops the you from getting to it. barriers to entry are just, they're not there. And it's glorious. And why should there be any? It just doesn't make sense. If I want to do X, if I want to, if I want to run a race, you know, IRL, mm -hmm. then I should run in order to get ready for the race. You know, right. I should practice running, maybe do a little light weightlifting, you know, eat, eat well, but most of what I'm mm -hmm. going to do is run. I'm not going to weave baskets or, <laughs> <laughs> or craft tires or build chairs mm -hmm. or dig up rocks on islands. Why am I, why are you gatekeeping the running? with all this other stuff that I don't want. And Final Fantasy doesn't have the gates, so it's better and okay. it's glorious. Are you mostly sticking to healer uh, for Final Fantasy XIV? Um, so this upcoming tier was kind of like tumultuous to plan for because I decided, yo, I want to be competitive in Final Fantasy. It's an amazing game. And there wasn't a lot of time. So I put out some feelers. I talked to some statics. Wasn't clear if Echo was going to participate. I ended up talking to a couple of statics at various competitive levels, ranging from top five to like top 30 or 40. And it's hard to convince competitive teams to take a risk on me, except as a healer, right? I have healed at a world first mm. level for a very long time in World of Warcraft, and I've healed yeah. in this game in blind progression and savages mm -hmm. and half of an ultimate <laughs> but i haven't i haven't i haven't done dps i haven't done dinging it's it, i don't really have credibility to say that i'm going to do anything else so yes because of that i am still in healer jail um okay, okay. now i end i am and i am ending up going to go ahead and play with echo echo did end up deciding that they're going to play together in 6.2 because of the short notice i was like let's scroll all that other mumbo jumbo i'll worry mm -hmm. about it later postpone these decisions play with echo and mm -hmm. in echo i will continue to play healer because ain't no one else willing to do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, healing in Final Fantasy XIV is a lot different than WoW. It's very different. It uh, is very different. That is true. Do you like the difference? Um, so if you ask me to say whether healing in WoW or in Final Fantasy is more fun, the answer is clearly, and I don't think there's much argument for me, because fun is subjective, WoW. WoW healing mm -hmm. is more complicated. It is more involved it is more interesting and to me it is more fun mm. however healing in final fantasy is still really fun for me i enjoy healing um i play support in every game i ever play i'll i'll bitch about being in healer jail but i like healing there's mm -hmm. something about playing support that feels good saving lives feels good making a difference in whether our team lives or dies feels good and final fantasy still has all of that in fact to a certain degree more because heals in final fantasy are so powerful you immediately see uh, look at their health they just went from nothing to full because i pushed macrocosmos or lily but it feels great mm -hmm. so i would say that i don't like the differences i think wow healing is better more interesting and more fun but final fantasy healing is still really fun and i sense the second part of this is just because i think one is better doesn't mean i think the other should change i think a lot of the aspects that make final fantasy healing less interesting to me are deliberate with good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people, when they come into Final Fantasy XIV, they, they think, why, why is it that I, the goal is to heal less uh, and do more DPS overall? Uh, and I, I don't know mm. how much WoW plays a part in doing that. I, can't, I don't know what the state of WoW I, is with healers. It's hard for me to answer that too, because if you're trying to get world first, every single person in the team is doing the most damage you can. Right. Theoretical min-maxing of an encounter is you do the bare minimum amount of healing necessary to keep every person alive, and then every yeah. single other global cooldown is devoted to damage. That's true in Final Fantasy of healers, and it's true in World of Warcraft healers. 
at, mm -hmm. at levels outside of world first, the game is forgiving enough that I don't think healers need to devote that much time doing damage. And that's also, to be honest, true of Final Fantasy. So I, I can't really answer how different it is. Mm. To me, it's basically the same. You're trying to do as much damage as you can. The big differences are that in WoW, the developers, the game designers, put way more damage events into the encounters. Mm. Damage is happening all the time in multiple different ways. You have sustained damage on tanks that need to be addressed. You have sustained raid damage pulsing every few seconds on all kinds of people. And then you have unpredictable damage happening to unpredictable targets all of the time. So you are almost always pushing healing globals, not because you don't want to do damage, but because if you don't, people will die. Whereas in Final Fantasy, damage events are just very, very rare. You mm -hmm. know, it's even in, even in something like DSR, you're pushing healing buttons way less frequently, which means you just have more time to push damage buttons instead. There's mm -hmm. two factors that kind of coalesce to create what I would call the quote-unquote problem, the reason why Final Fantasy healing is less interesting. And I'm not saying anything new here. Ask mm -hmm. any top healer in Final Fantasy, they'll say the same. You've probably heard this before. Those two factors are these. First, the fact that most of the interestingness of your buttons is packed into healing buttons means that you should mostly be pushing healing buttons. Healing kits are fun. You have a lot of different ones. They do different things. So because that's the interesting buttons, those are what you should be pushing. But instead, in Final Fantasy, damage is very, very rare, and you don't have to push healing buttons very often. That's one half of the problem. And that would be OK if it weren't for the other half, which is that your DPS kit is mind-numbingly boring. Every single healer has <laughs> yeah. some version of dot and push nuke, right? With mm -hmm. tiny little variations, but it is basically all you're doing is pushing one, 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 two, one, 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 two. And, and, and that would be fine if it weren't for that other half, which is that mostly you're pushing those damage buttons. So they could solve this if they considered a problem, either by massively increasing the number of damage events that occur, requiring to spend most of your time pushing healing buttons, that would fix it, or making the DPS buttons more fun to push in all kinds of ways. Add a proc that requires you to react to it. Add charges that require, or, or a cooldown-based button. Right? You, can, you can make things much more interesting just by having one button does damage on a six-second cooldown, and one out of five times randomly procs another button that you can push only if it procs, and you also have this filler. Right? When you start having things to watch, it becomes more fun. Either mm -hmm. of those alone, not a problem. Both of them combined creates this problem of healing being relatively, to wow, less interesting. Now, mm -hmm. the caveat there is, like I said, I think it's deliberate. It is. I think they want healing to be simpler. And if that's the goal, I can't really argue that that's an illegitimate goal. That's mm -hmm. a perfectly legitimate goal. There's good reasons for it. It just means that high-end players are going to consider it healer jail and want out. Yeah. So healing was definitely in a different spot way back in the day. And they did make choices to go in this direction. Uh, you had to stack and get hit and accuracy. I'm sorry, accuracy, yeah, to be able to hit bosses with damage attacks. So you would sacrifice all this extra bonus stuff on your gear <laughs> for healing and put stuff on there so when you do damage, you'll actually hit the, the mob and you would have to hit the certain cap and everything. You had to change between stances, between damage stance and not being in damage stance. Uh, and there's a handful of other things out there too. But they did. They did want to make it simpler. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think they just want to make sure that there's healers in the game. Yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> want it to not be too punishing. And I think maybe they even want it to be kind of a beginner level job. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having, having, having that be the case where you have a learning position so, in the team. Yeah. It, it, this is another thing that's kind of funny to me. How many healers out there do you start with level one in Final Fantasy XIV? 
Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, it's white mage. One? It's white mage, right? It's yeah, only? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, you know, it's with job stones and everything else. Whatever it's called before, I forget. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm blanking on that. But yeah, you, you don't really get a lot of options starting out in this game as a healer. Uh, you get it as you start to level up. You can switch over and stuff. Uh, but if you want to start level one as a healer, it, I believe that's the only path you can go. Yeah, I think it's wet mage. And then yeah. the next one would be like going conjure and being summoner at level something 20 maybe. Yeah. Not summoner, yeah. a scholar. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'd be scholar from Arcanist, yeah. right? And you go from Thermoturge yeah. to whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah. Arcanist. Yeah. Uh, and then like everything else goes into like level 30, then 50 and all this other stuff. Yeah, so that's true. They... They probably need to fix that. I mean, that's getting into the base leveling design and the entry level or entry experience going into Final Fantasy XIV, which they have improved a lot. It was really, it was a lot rougher to start this game back in the day, uh, but they made a whole yeah. bunch of changes to <laughs> speed it up. There was, man, there was, um, I feel like, so the, the Final Fantasy community, especially the MSQ watching community, is a coven of emotional vampires constantly <laughs> looking for a new streamer upon which to feed. And they're terrified. They're just terrified that each new streamer will quit. And so there's like this trepidation involved when a streamer starts ARR and constant reassurances. Guys, ARR may suck, but it's going to get better. Don't worry. It's going to get better. Please don't quit. We need <laughs> someone upon which to feed. And to me, it was so funny because I think most of those players must have played before, like you're talking, when it was longer and a harder thing. And there's been this rework after which we're playing, and it's really not that bad, guys. It's okay. I wasn't yeah. going to quit. Everything was fine. It was relatively smooth sailing. Everything was interesting. I enjoyed the mm -hmm. story. The dungeons were clear. I didn't. None of this bad stuff you were so worried was going to make me quit happened because mm -hmm. of this rework. And it was to me, it's amazing that that. And he saw it again with the live letter the other day. They keep going back and continuing to improve that entry level player experience. Mm -hmm. Big props. So that is funny. I never really talked about it that way, but there is the Twitch community for Final Fantasy XIV. There is a huge set of just main story quest watches. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about that, but that's a huge thing with Final Fantasy XIV now. Uh, yep. And that probably jumped up as hard as it did with Aspen and everything else last year. Mm -hmm. uh, it just watching new uh, streamers come in became so addicting. Uh, people wanted to see those emotions and just suck like all of that energy away from them and absorb it. <laughs> That's a perfect Feed us description. Your tears. <laughs> Validate my sorrow and grief. <laughs> Relate to me and my experiences with this game and I, my feelings yeah. towards the story. Uh, I mean, Final Fantasy fourteen players uh, that are really invested in the story are a completely different beast. Uh, they're they're some that get so deep in that hole that they get mad at you for talking bad about a character. Oh, believe me, I know. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh. <laughs> I've been blocked. I've been blocked multiple times because I said, "Oh, you know, there's a chance that maybe Thancred dies at some point in the story." And they're like, "No, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you are an asshole. You shouldn't be talking this way." And it's just, <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. You'll have a take sometimes that doesn't agree with their take about the relative goodness, badness, or validity of a certain scene, and they will get just infuriated, just yeah. so angry. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that being said, besides healer in Final Fantasy XIV, have you had a chance to play a lot of other roles and uh, jobs? Yeah. 
Um, okay. So before, when I was when I was just playing as a story story skipper, I almost said story stipper. Um, yeah. On my on my old character, I leveled a dancer just to experience a DPS, and that was really fun. The DPS jobs in this game and dancer, I think, would universally be considered one of the less interesting and easier of the jobs. But it's really mm -hmm. fun if all of you have ever played is uh, Malefic Mage. <laughs> okay. And then so and that was that was on the old character. That was fun. And then making Robin. Because I was going into Heaven's Word, um, because of various factors, I was like, I think Dragoon looks cool. I made him a Dragoon. He was, he's canonically a Dragoon main. I played all the way through as Dragoon. It was really, 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 really fun. And mm -hmm. in order to do the role quests, I also have, so I have a bunch of jobs now that aren't healers, right? I have Dragoon for DPS, Physical, Dancer for Ranged, Dark Knight for Tank, uh, Summoner for Caster. Uh, I, I might be forgetting something, I don't know. Um, so I've, at this point, I have played a bunch of DPS jobs and, as well as a tank job. And I'll be honest, they are amazing. I think Square's done an amazing job of both differentiating and creating these niches of fun within each of these DPS jobs that, that uh, equals or exceeds anything WoW does with DPS classes, right? Mm. Where, whereas I will say unabashedly and without embarrassment that WoW healing is more interesting and complex than Final Fantasy healing, Final Fantasy DPS is on par or better than WoW DPS. It is extremely interesting, well differentiated, and good. Okay, that's that's awesome to hear. Uh, I mean, some of the long-term players in these jobs might say things different, <laughs> just because they're so used to it. Of course, and yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, you know, when we talked about like melee and everything, and getting the, the directional stuff, and trying to get used to all of that, uh, some people get annoyed with that. Um, the key to not being bothered by mm. positionals is to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. just not even, who cares? It's like 20 potency, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is a good point. Just who cares? You're going to, most of the fights in Final Fantasy 14, you don't need 100% perfect damage to clear it. You need good DPS usually uh, in the early days uh, before you start getting that gear from the raid. Uh, but you can make some pretty, uh, unoptimal decisions and still get yes. it clear pretty quickly on a raid. Yeah. And in Savage, especially, and even to a lesser extent in, in Ultimates, right? We're doing, we're doing that DSR, uh, progression and, and you can make mistakes. You can have a death. You can still do it. You can certainly miss a position or two and still, and still make these DPS checks. I understand that previously it was way more punishing you would lose procs, you would lose combos. That would probably be infuriating. But with my playthrough being literally the summer Dragoon being my first experience with positionals, like I read them and I was like, okay, yeah, obviously I'll try to do it. If it's mm -hmm. free, I'll get it. I'll push through north every now and then. But mm -hmm. if I don't get it, I'm not going to stress or lose hair over it. I don't care. You know, it just doesn't seem yeah. to matter very much. That's a, that's that's my life's tip for many players. <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I'll remember that too. Uh, I'm going to let you know, I was part of a, um, event for the virtual fan fest where I was competing. It was Heidelin versus uh, Zodiark. Uh, we were teams. One was team Heidelin, one was team Zodiark. Um, and I was, uh, we were trying to clear fights as quickly as possible. And the person who cleared it first, everything, our team lost horribly. We had a lot of fun uh against this other team <laughs> but uh we, we definitely lost and i i was chosen to play a job i wasn't familiar with which was a samurai mm -hmm. 
and I had no comprehension of their traditionals at all. <laughs> and I could, I was just like, whatever, we're just gonna go go with it. Uh, I'm glad they didn't actually show shots of my screen that much, because uh, I'm sure <laughs> I would have been shit talked so much. Yeah. Oh um, man, that's actually another that's actually another barrier to streaming the world first race that uh, Wild Guilds had to get over is that idea that, man, it, when you mess up. It's going to be on stream. People are going to talk about it. People are going to laugh about it. It's going to tilt me. Sometimes mm -hmm. you play bad, especially when you're learning a new encounter and you're focusing 90% of your brain on not screwing up the mechanics and your buttons mm -hmm. are just all, all over the place. Um, I did that a ton while streaming and playing through just the leveling quest. And you do these trials and raids as part of the leveling. And I'm playing Dragoon with this ridiculous 10 button long combo. And I'm like, what did I just push? I don't even know. I guess we start over. <laughs> just imagine what people watching he's like he just started his combo over again he's never gonna get heaven's thrust pushed ever you know what you do <laughs> is you just you know sometimes you you hide chat with a window uh you just do that mm -hmm. with your hot bar yeah and you're, you're oh okay. that's what my ui is like my hot bar doesn't show anything except actual cooldowns that i need to track combos <laughs> you can't see them Nice. Malefic, you can't see it. Nothing, nothing without a cooldown is visible anywhere. You can't tell if I'm making a mistake. And the keybinds still aren't on the screen. They're off on the hidden bars because that's, that's awesome. what makes it easy for me to set up the UI across multiple jobs. All you see are these buttons with no keybinds in the middle showing cooldowns. Criticize me now, chat. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I have to see it. But oh man. Um, okay, okay. I, I do want to ask him other stuff that's not rating uh, of you too, because. Uh, Recently, you just watched a live letter. It was your first experience to be able to watch a live letter and be, again, mm -hmm. kind of up to date with the status of the game, with everything that's going on. Uh, actually, the timing of that, I think, works well for you, doesn't it? Because you wake up pretty early anyways? Or it, am I okay? I, I start stream every day at the exact time they started their live letter. It was nice. perfect. Yeah. Oh, well, well, what was that experience like? Kind of going through and seeing that and seeing him hold up. I'm sure holding up pieces of paper. <laughs> I was talking about that earlier today. It's 2022 and you guys are making a video game and you're holding up pieces of paper to show your graphical designs as though it's 1901 or something. It was very funny. But now, of course, this, this community being the Omega, you know, in love with the developers that they are, they would be mad if they changed it. Oh, you know, now it's this cute, endearing thing that this is, we need this. You can't change that. I want to see my pieces of paper. It's so cute when he holds them up. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's... But to me, it was funny and like bizarre. What is he doing? He just pulled it on the screen. Yeah. The, these guys are rock stars. The, they're the rock stars developers. We don't really have that as much anymore. We used to have that. Uh, it's starting to kind of fade away a bit, but uh, the Final Fantasy XIV development team everyone treats them like they're gods in some way shape or form and that's because mm -hmm. they've kind of earned a lot of that respect uh yeah. you know yoshida again i've met with him a, few, a good handful of times either interviews or working for commentary on their events and stuff and he's such a like cool dude uh i i love talking to him and soken is legitimately a rock star <laughs> Because uh, mm -hmm. he produces all the music and he's in a rock band <laughs> based on the music for Final Fantasy XIV. Mm -hmm. I haven't, obviously, I haven't been able to meet any of them. Um, but uh, at various points in my journey through the game, Chad has insisted that I watch various videos. I've seen Yoshi P and Soken do the interview and, and, and interviews and talks about when they were talking about the cancer and mm -hmm. the discussion that Yoshi P did at the beginning of Endwalker when he was legitimately just, you know, heartbroken at the delays. 
-hmm. and then obviously the live letter. And even though I don't have years of relationship and emotional investment with this team, it is, it is so easy to see why the relationship between the developers and the community is positive and filled with love. And it's because the developers obviously love the game and love their community, right? Mm -hmm. That drives that. And it's so clear that emotion, that palpable investment in, in making it an excellent experience for the people whom they are serving, right? Mm -hmm. Is so obvious that to me, it's very clear that, yeah, they do deserve that level of, of reverence and, and admiration and trust. That's mm -hmm. that. And it's especially coming mm -hmm. from someone who's played World of Warcraft for near on a decade. It's heartwarming and borderline heartbreaking to see that relationship and see like, oh, yeah, I've been in an abusive relationship and didn't even know it. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had that event yet where someone came up and asked the status of phone ownership. So, uh, <laughs> right. So we haven't had to deal with. I mean, it may come. It may come one day. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. all good companies. Yeah, of course, can become villains. Uh, we Blizzard was one of the most heartbreaking downfalls uh, for me personally. You know, in my opinion of them and everything else. Um, and so As personnel changes, especially right people with that initial investment for whom this is a life's work mm -hmm. as they turn it over to people for whom it is a paycheck, you know, that's a palpable difference. Absolutely. And I mean, Square Enix uh, might eventually do that with Final Fantasy 14. But as long as we see like Yoshida there and Soken and all of them kind of invest it the way they are. Uh, it's still very promising, and I don't see, you know, my opinion going and changing at any point. But <laughs> um, well, I'm going to write it as long as I can. Uh, so that being said, watching a live letter and seeing them interact, and you know, they do scripted mm -hmm. stuff and their goofy things. Of course, yeah, yeah. they've uh, got an outline and things to go through. But you still, it's they had fun, right? They're up there talking about a game that they love, excited about features they're introducing, enjoying themselves. I think a lot of my chat was worried. I think a lot of my chat was scared because I did a I don't I did a day after my MSQ journey where I was like, all right, I'm gonna do React content now. Link me videos and I'll watch them. And I think it was traumatic for chat because if I didn't if I wasn't interested by the for the sent by by the first 10 seconds of the video, I skipped it. <laughs> and I think they were scared that I was gonna watch this live letter and be like, this is boring. I'll walk, I'll read for 30 seconds a summary at the end. But it was so mm -hmm. endearing. You know, I've, I I if you only cared about nothing except getting the information you wanted about the upcoming patch, you could read a summary after it yeah. for 30 seconds. But it was so cool to see, I haven't skipped any videos in any of my times but about the actual producers of the game because I mm. enjoy watching them be excited about the game. That's wholesome and redemptive to me in a way. You know, I, yeah. I, I almost crave that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so refreshing, right? In the state of the world and everything else. Mm -hmm. Just seeing that is, is it takes you away from it for a bit, and it just gives you the warm and cuddly feelings that there's people out there making content like video games and stuff that aren't out to doesn't seem at least to completely screw you over. Mm -hmm. uh, but okay, well, going through it though, besides the interactions between them and everything else, the content that they announced was there anything in particular like mm -hmm. you're really excited about what you saw on the screen? Um, going into it, I'll admit that I was most excited by the hints that they are planning to make UI changes <laughs> because okay, as okay. a healer, UI changes are near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, cause all I do is stare at a UI. I stare at health bars all day. They didn't do that. And I felt a little sad after coming out of it, the trailer 
was so good. That trailer was jam-packed. I watched it three times. There was so much content mm -hmm. in it. I'm sure that the the spoiler channels of discords are yeah. filled with a hundred thousand lines of speculation about each part of the trailer and what's coming up next. That was really exciting to see. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, after having decided that I was gonna quit WoW because of Islands, I was a little perturbed to see Islands coming back into my life. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, people people seem excited about it. It looks yeah. to me the Islands are most comparable to like a survival game, um, like Ark or Medieval Dynasty. If you've ever played something like that, where you yeah. you know you go in naked, you build a tool, the tool mate lets you make more tools, you make buildings, and I've always loved that kind of game. And it looks like it's going to be this. People are worried about. Oh man! All anyone anything. All anyone is going to do is is play their island, right? No one's going to come out of their island. But see, Yoshi P is mm -hmm. ahead of us again. You guys saw the raid sets he designed, glowing mm -hmm. purple and orange. Those are fucking sick. They did that so that you come out of your islands and do the raid. It's just so obvious. They're five heading us again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Real quick, just completely unrelated uh, question: Is there any chance you hear my daughter in the background? At mm -hmm. all? No? Okay. Because <laughs> I can hear. Um, okay, maybe when you talk. When your mic cues up, yeah. there's a very faint background noise that I wouldn't have thought of, but you pointed okay. it out, now I hear it. Okay, all right. And I won't... Uh, so maybe just like a little bit there, but nothing... Okay. Tiny but bit, I, but it wouldn't have gotten my attention if you hadn't pointed it out. God damn it. I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah she's she's a little upset in the, the room next to me. I'm sure you you remember those days. Yep, yesterday. Gone. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, listen, five months old children, yep, they cry. Just wait until you have a 14-year-old. Oh, my Lord. <sighs> I can dressed. only imagine. Oh, yeah, now I think about it. Oh, I, was I, don't, I don't mean to belie my daughter. My daughter is amazing. I have beautiful, intelligent, amazing daughters. The issue is that she's in her head, and so first she'll get like mildly upset about something, and then the fact that she got upset will piss her off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel that too, you know? Oh, yeah. It's such an adult thing to feel. It's all the time. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, back to Island Sanctuary. Sorry for that. Yep, back uh, to Islands. Oh, God. PTSD. Please don't say back to Islands. I heard that too much. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's the uh, it's interesting because uh, Final Fantasy XIV has a very casual community and a, like a huge casual community, right? Uh and so something like Island Sanctuary is made just for them. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I love that. Yoshi P said something like that, right? He's like, not everyone will play this. That's okay. Mm -hmm. We want this to be a fun, cool thing that some people enjoy. And it's okay that some things are enjoyed by some people. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's kind of, it's a theme park. Final Fantasy XIV is a theme park of content. It has all kinds of different things that you can do. And um, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that. I don't know if you've done much... Have you spent time in Gold Sauce here? Um, probably a cumulative of like two hours. I wanted okay. the Bees Knees dance because RP, okay, this game is amazing. <laughs> very little, very little RMT type things, very little pay to win, but RP in this game is thoroughly pay to win. We, we all have to admit that, right? Yeah. So I needed some dances and some glowy lights and I've spent too much money on this game already. So one of my viewers took me by the hand Dragged me from place to place in Gold Saucer. I was like, do this, do that. All right, now do this. Now put these clothes on. Bam, I can buy the Beezies. That's how, that's how long I spent there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a statement to be made that all hardcore raiders are really just 
glamour experts that of course <laughs> you have to be a hardcore raider to be the top tier glamour uh player in final of fantasy course. 14 of course and it goes the other way as well right looking yeah. good is feeling good feeling good is playing good playing good is killing bosses our glam is a very vital part of, of performance at die and everyone knows this yeah 100 <laughs> percent uh but it, it does seem like I, I at least taking a peek at your stream you are kind of getting into that whole rp scene a little bit are you i am um yeah. so if you'll remember preach's party with zeppelin it was a huge deal mm -hmm. and uh he asked me to go to it and and i said i would as you mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. um but i was so so trepidatious about it man i did not want to go the day of it i was thinking of excuses Maybe I'm going to get sick. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to fall. My internet's going to go out. I was trying to come up with excuses. Um, I was convinced to go. And it was so much fun. This was my first ever experience of RP, basically, in any game ever. Um, and it was so much fun. And now I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know, probably 60 or 70% RPer. And only 30 <laughs> or 40% Raider anymore. <laughs> I'm getting all the way into it. It's so cool. I've never experienced a game like this where you actually identify with your character, where people come together in a game in massive quantities and have fun in the game with each other. And it's, I don't know, it's special and magical mm -hmm. and fun. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was when I was just going through my growing up phases where I was playing MMOs and, you know, RP stuff and there was RP servers in WoW and, you know, RP servers still, but, uh, you know, it was something that was like, yeah, I would never do any of that kind of stuff. That's kind of weird. And then I'm like such a fan for like Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like, you know, RP is not really an uninteresting thing, right? <laughs> it's actually kind of fun uh, to go yeah. in there and just... Be, be that person for a little bit. Uh, I haven't done it as much yeah. uh, in Final Fantasy XIV, but it makes sense why it exists. People have plays, people have nightclubs, people have so much stuff. The extent is insane. It's mind-boggling, and it's heartwarming. Uh, today, there was the release of the Aquarium on EU, and um, a bunch of friends of and, and I went to the Aquarium, which, which, if you don't know, is a house where they put... Uh, uh, in the apartments, they built a bunch of thematically appropriate little environments mm -hmm. for each and every fish that you can put in an aquarium. And it's just like the the extent, depth, and breadth of RP in this game, ranging from that to gambling to plays. Preach's community put on a play form. My own community, when they were delivering a wedding invite to Preach, put on like a little scripted scene of, of coolness to try to convince him to come. And then his community reacted with um, RP of a much more aggressive kind. We can get into that later if you want. And, and like <laughs> just the variety of, uh, of expression that people find for their creativity in this game is amazing. Mm -hmm. There are people who professionally design houses and they put these on websites. I've had yeah. them on and I've talked to them. There's some really amazing housing communities and the things that yeah. they think of and the ways that they can somehow take, and it, it's, it's like this whole puzzle, this whole new creative experience where mm -hmm. you don't have this blank canvas with paint. You, you have objects and you figure out how to make these objects arrange in a certain way to create what you're, you're actually looking to do. And what they can think of and how they can put these different pieces of furniture together and at these exact heights uh, to make some really crazy stuff is... Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just can't even like imagine what's going through their oh, yeah. head and how they can come up with yep. it. 
Me either. Uh, it's amazing. The creativity people have. Um, it's truly inspiring. In fact, I'm a big yeah. fan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that all plays a part in Final Fantasy XIV's RP scene because you can make all these special environments and that's why you see them over in the housing districts and everything else. And you get into like the, the E part of the RP stuff. You'll see that's actually, you know, a big thing here. Uh, and I've seen it a good bit. <laughs> but uh I, I okay i have the mature filter on go on no 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 no, no. yeah yeah no. <laughs> uh, you know and i i can't remember did i do a show on i don't think i have officially done an erp show yet 250 something shows and i haven't done an erp show it's, well uh, sounds like it's time yeah at some point we probably need to do it yeah oh hands up i'm good (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's amazing our own um the fc and community that's grown up around my journey through the msq um Mm -hmm. came together on a new server on chaos called sagittarius and prior to us being able to buy an fc house Mm -hmm. the personal housing came available and they all you know conspired and by conspired they got together they made a spreadsheet they found the best place and People from our FC, as individuals, we didn't buy FC housing, but individuals managed to buy 28 out of 30 houses in one subdivision, all for themselves. That's the entire cool. ward is our members. Um, I don't know which how you is did just, it. It's just amazing, because it's a tiny server with no one on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but it's an amazing opportunity for RP. That it's, all, it's only a week ago, right? Or maybe two weeks at this point. And we have people, this whole ward is an enormous RP zone. We have you know, casinos. We have an, a huge house devoted to an amazing dance club. We have, uh, I hate to say it, but there's um, a funeral home uh, and a bakery and just all of this amazing stuff growing up uh, around a, a, um, a church. You know, there's plans for a courthouse for us to have a community and have events in the future. And it's just like mind boggling the degree of creativity bring to this, uh, this enterprise of, of uh, living out this life together with people from across the world mm-hmm. in a video game, it, it, which can't be done in kind of any other way. And this is all from a just recently uh, declared uh, story skipper, only raider, <laughs> hardcore raider. Uh, yeah, less than six months ago, I was playing World of Warcraft 16 hours a day, getting world first. And yeah. I had never imagined the idea of doing RP in my life and would have scoffed at the idea. If you had told me that I would be doing this, I would have laughed my ass off at the ridiculousness of the idea. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV is a hell of a drug, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, okay. I do want to ask you, because this is kind of uh, a... It's a touchy subject for a lot of people in Final Fantasy XIV uh, because this content has had lots of ups and downs. <laughs> I've been heavily involved with it. But PvP in Final Fantasy XIV, have you done any mm. kind of attempts? At I haven't. Okay. I haven't, even, I haven't even set foot in it. So there's like, there's like one barrier to entry to that which has kind of held me back from doing it. First of all, there's, there's, like, there's a lot of content, right? I have a list mm. of stuff I want to do. And I can only do one thing at a time. PvP is kind of low on the list. And one of the reasons PvP is kind of low on the list is because it's like its own mini game with different bars and different buttons. That's what I'm given to understand mm-hmm. that do different things. And that's like a, like a little barrier to entry of uh, learning that I'm just not interested in doing right now. So I've skipped it so far. I will at some point. The consensus is like people love it. I haven't mm-hmm. run into anyone who says, yo, you shouldn't even try this. So it seems worthwhile, but I haven't touched it yet. Yeah, it's flipped. Uh, it used to be, yeah, you should never play it. But with the new expansion, it's changed. 
uh, and people are very invested in it. And the one word that actually describes it very well is fun, right? Uh, you, you can be very serious and hardcore about it, uh, but if you, you want to just do some fun PvP, it gives you exactly what you want, which suits most people for Final Fantasy XIV. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, the jobs really feel like they're jobs. Like if you go in there, uh, you know, one of the special moves for Dragoon is to jump in the air for five seconds. You, you're off the ground. And you're just kind of targeting the ground where you're going to land. And then you blow up everybody when you, you hit the ground. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's pretty cool. Machinists have a sniper rifle. Uh, and they do a lot of damage really far away. So there's like, it's different. It's different than what it currently is in Final Fantasy fourteen, mm -hmm. but it feels good. Um, yeah. It's not it sounds good, and it sounds fun. I mm -hmm. definitely want to try it. I'll also admit to being scarred, because in, in World of Warcraft, a mandatory part of competing for World First is all of these <laughs> things that you call, all of these things that you say, oh, it's a theme park, and you can do what you want. None of it ties into each other. And you're not going to be punished in raids if you don't do Island Sanctuary. You're not going to be punished in Island Sanctuary if you don't do raids. You're not punished in PvP if you don't do... In WoW, it's all tied. They make you do everything. So it's a mandatory part of the World First race in WoW is I have to do like eh, 30 or 40 hours of PvP during the week before I'm going to be devoting my life to becoming you know, the best in the world at a PV encounter. And it's nothing makes me angrier, right? I'm usually a calm guy. I'm usually not angry, but I get physically mad at PvP and WoW because of that. And that's probably also like polluting my idea of Final Fantasy PvP. You know, for some reason, an analogy of relating that to Ikea came into my head. I don't know if it's completely appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but... Having to walk through every single department to get where you oh, want. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't go buy the one thing you need until you go through all of the other parts. And yeah, uh, build not just go through them, but build a piece of furniture from each department. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be terrible? That's a good analogy. Oh geez, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it makes complete sense, but that's the first thing I thought is I, I hate going to IKEA because I just can't spend time. I know there's shortcuts. I know there's probably other stuff you could do and everything, but like it's uh, intimidating going there the first few times mm -hmm. just for one piece of furniture. Then you're like, you get uh, down. All right. Anyways, I'm going to get off that. I'm, I'm going to spend too much time about it. Okay, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, okay. PVP, you, you maybe get into no it. No PVP yet, but I'll get into it later probably. At least try it. I don't promise to love it, but I'll try it. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts when you do. Um that being said, there is another big piece of content that has been long asked for for Final Fantasy XIV. That's something that WoW's had for a while. It's difficult four-man dungeons. Small, oh, small yeah. dungeons. Mm -hmm. uh, Just coming out now. Very interesting. So did you like uh, that kind of stuff in WoW? So um, the development and evolution of Mythic Plus and WoW, I think, has been really, really good for the game. I think there's a huge number of people who play WoW almost exclusively for Mythic Plus because it's this like uh, never-capped, never-ending challenge that you can push as far as you want and is fairly variable and changes every week. It's fresh and interesting all the time. I, I, I think overall it is a net positive for the game, yes, because mm -hmm. small group content is easier to organize and it keeps it like fresh for a lot of players. Mm -hmm. um, there have been lessons from that uh, and pitfalls and mistakes made that I think will be interesting to see how they play out in Final Fantasy. Yeah. I, you know, I do know uh, Yoshida has experience with WoW and he has experience with other MMOs, of course. He, he has some insight into this. I'm wondering if he's going to take some of those lessons. What they usually do is they bring up content that people might be familiar with and then they make it their own flavor and their own... Their own uh, 
sort of thing. You can't do the hardest content in the game unless it's with, of course, people you know. So I, I don't know if it's going to create any really bad environments or anything. But uh, the biggest concern that he's always had with it was if a healer dies, you're you're screwed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And they feel like that was just too much like pressure to put on like that kind of one person there. Uh, but I. I want to see it's it interesting. succeed. I, I want to see it succeed, dude. That that that's a really interesting point. I think that something I've kind of noticed and haven't talked about it a lot, but it's been mm -hmm. kind of mulling over in my mind, is that I talk to way more people in Final Fantasy who have anxiety about letting their friends down in these key roles as healer or tank than I ever encountered in WoW. And I think it's probably because um, Final Fantasy is really good and you know, borderline militant about policing their community. If you're the kind of person who blames everything on others and expresses that blame through frustration, anger, and toxicity, you're gonna experience some bans. You're mm -hmm. less likely to continue playing. You're gonna get weeded out and the community gets self-selected more toward being positive. And if you're the kind of person who loves playing with your friends, playing as a team, being really positive, saying good morning in the, when you join a party, then you're gonna be self-selected into it. And then wow, it's kind of the opposite, right? They don't police that at all. And so you kind of self-select toward a more toxic community. And wow, people don't feel any anxiety about walking into a Mythic Plus and healing because if they fail or die, it's everyone else's fault, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas in Final Fantasy, there's a more overall positive community that I think has resulted in a higher selection of people with anxiety about having these responsible positions. And, and I think that the developers being sensitive to that is one of the reasons why, for example, like we talked about earlier, healing mm -hmm. is a little bit simpler and easier. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense, like you said, that that ties into them saying, well, maybe in these dungeons, we'll have these supplemental things going on that make it so you don't necessarily need to have a healer. You'll have other people who can also res to try mm -hmm. to address that anxiety that we've seen in the community. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, and I think uh, it, it makes it a little bit better. I mean, they did that with PvP. PvP was like, it was mandatory to DPS, uh, a tank and a healer when you queued up to do stuff. But everything was always dependent on if a healer could keep the team alive. Uh, you know, your team members mm -hmm. had some things to help them out, but it was so much pressure on one person. And now with the new PvP system, they're like, nah, we don't care what you do. Five DPS, fine, whatever. It'll, it'll work out some way. Everybody mm -hmm. can keep each other alive. You can, healing barely does anything. <laughs> so uh, they changed that concept. I mean, they, they are going to make it, uh, a little bit more mandatory in the very difficult raids, I think, that you have to have those certain roles and everything else. Uh, mm -hmm. But the people going into it know what they're going into, right? Yeah, uh, and it's supposed to be a challenge and you can only do it with your preformed party and you're yeah. more comfortable taking on and failing and trying again and failing and not, not going to hate each other over it. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting if they did something similar to the MDI, I guess. <laughs> with, uh, It'd be but interesting, but I hope they delay it. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Absolutely. The way I see this is as like as, as a first experimental iteration, and I hope they take it slow and don't make some of the easy mistakes it is to make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is one thing: Final Fantasy XIV isn't completely afraid to make mistakes because <laughs> they True. do kind of throw stuff out there, and they're like, "Well, it didn't work out very well." Uh, back in the day, uh, what was it? Uh, Diadem. Uh, this might sound like something that you have no clue. What it is, nope. it's for, it turned into kind of a crafter's thing, uh, but it was basically giant dinosaurs spawning uh, on 
flying islands and stuff and just massively people zerging these giant dinosaurs to try to get rolled gear that sometimes had better stats and everything else and it failed horribly it was it, i know wow kind of has something similar to that mm -hmm. if i remember right um world bosses yeah i guess uh something with gear being rolled different stats and stuff like that oh um yeah that used to be more of a thing they're still tertiary yeah it, it, I know what you mean, and WoW does have something like that a little bit, and it is almost never popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they've had content that's completely just died, and they've just never touched again. Um, but they, they try. They try to see what sticks, and then they start supporting mm -hmm. it more if it does work out pretty well. Um, I think that hard four-man content, hard small group content, is likely to be really popular. Um, because it, it historically has been, and you know, WoW and other games, and it's uh, something that people really want, and I hope it succeeds and grows. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of that popularity, there's also the risk, I feel, of um, uh, over-changing things, maybe, in, res in, in reaction to or as a result of it, you know? Yeah. Um, if, you start seeing, if you start seeing groups that are like, okay, so this is actually quite legitimately difficult, and to throw out the, probably the most obvious example, uh, only, only warrior tanks allowed, right? Because warrior tanks aren't going to die. And you can do bigger yeah. pulls and you can live longer and clear the dungeon more likely. Because if you die, if the tank dies, much like if the healer dies, you're probably going to wipe. Um, aggro is going to go all over the place. Everyone else is going to die. And if you die in these hard dungeons, everything respawns. It gets harder. You failed, right? And mm -hmm. now you're mad. So, okay, only warrior tanks allowed. Okay, does that perpetuate through the community? Does the community have bad feelings about balance issues? Does this start resulting in tuning changes or even redesign changes oriented around four-man content? Does that then spread into eight-man content? It's like this uh, yeah. spreading amoeba of possibilities just, just because of this that I hope they're cautious with is the only thing I'm saying. I want it to succeed. I want it to be awesome. Mm -hmm. But the more competitive you make it and the more like difficult you make it at the high end, the margins, the more difficult balance is. And in WoW, that turned into a hornet's nest. I can see it happening. Uh, that is something, uh, you know, when you... Uh, you've ever watched the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Mm-hmm. And then you'd have this whole vision of things happening in the future and all this other stuff. <laughs> I feel like that kind of just happened a little bit. Uh, of course, of course. I, I do feel confident that's going to be possibly an issue going forward. Uh, although, I don't know. I don't know. They, they're doing decent with the job balance overall. Uh, oh, I would say phenomenally. Coming from wow, the job balance in this game is out of this world. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they would... I think their goal would always be to balance towards the eight-man raids uh, in general, but maybe they will. Depends on how the success of the content is. If it's Exactly. Like, yeah. If it grows and becomes super popular. Mm -hmm. And there's things you can do if you're worried about... if you Because things sometimes work differently in four-man. Something might be unbelievably strong in four-man, like, for example, a white mage pushing holy and completely irrelevant in a raid. There's things you can do. You can make it so, okay, we like holy in leveling dungeons, and we like holy in, you know, whatever other content, but we don't like holy locking down packs for six seconds in this most difficult content because now now groups are like white mage or no other healer. You can make it so holy doesn't stun mobs in your most difficult content, or you can make mm -hmm. it so it only doesn't work, you know, in that content. You can do stuff that's tuned to the content you're trying to affect. There's, I'm not saying that it's a pitfall they're guaranteed to fall in. I'm not 
issuing any call to action. I'm not saying this is doomed to fail. I'm just saying right. I hope they're cognizant of some of these issues that could arise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they've had different solutions for it in the past. Like Basha in chat is a very good example uh, is that they kind of alter or augment these actions with things in the game. Um, with uh, what was it? Uh, shit, it was uh, PvP was doing that in some shape or regard uh, where PvP basically they said, hey, we're going to augment some of the abilities to balance out the content in a PvP environment. Then they just said, screw it. We're just giving you completely different abilities. And they scrapped the whole thing and that's why we have what we have now. Um, but that being said, I just minimized your little thing there. I don't know how to get that back. Hold on. I got it. Oh, did I DC? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you're back. There you are. <laughs> I didn't DC. I clicked on Discord because I saw a one on my thing. Or I saw like a message, right? It said popped up. Hey, you have a message. I was like, oh, shit. What if Jesse oh, here yeah. sent me a message? He's like, man, I got to fucking go tidy this shit up. And then I missed it. <laughs> and so I clicked on it and it wasn't you, but it took me out of the out of the call yeah yep. i didn't realize I, it. I tapped over your stream and i wasn't following it so i couldn't type i was like my friends in my chat go tell them i can't hear them turn the volume <laughs> to hear <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was on me goofing up there uh but yeah i was checking discord i, I was basically okay. saying pvp you know i don't know how much how much did you even hear of what i said uh, absolutely none. Okay. So <laughs> I, I was saying, you know, in uh, they've experimented in different ways with what they do with reactions to different content and how to adjust things. Baja is a very great example uh, because they made, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, augments with different items and different potions and everything else uh, to kind of balance some of that stuff out. Uh, but with PvP, they did that as well, but they did it with just the actions. They're like, when in PvP, this action also does this. All right. And they did a whole bunch of that. And then at some point, they just said fuck it and deleted all the actions and just made actions that are only PvP actions. Um, mm -hmm. So it be, would be interesting to see what they do. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of variables and there's a lot of ways it could go. And I'm sure, like like you said, they deserve a lot of trust. And yeah. I'm sure they're going to be watching it and paying attention and going to have good ideas how to make sure it works well. I'm excited yeah. about small group content. I think it's I think it'll be really fun to go into hard hard dungeons because it's something that's definitely a gap in this game. Dungeons yeah. are ridiculously easy. Yeah. It'll be cool. And it'll be an adjustment too, because like right now you go in, there's a telegraph for everything. You don't really care what the mobs are casting. No one CCs trash. You just do the things. And I'm I'm expecting it to be very different. And you'll start being like, oh, we gotta watch cast bars, mm -hmm. look at where the mobs are facing, a whole new set of skills that are gonna make people better at the game and having fun improving at the game. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Uh man. All right. Well, we are kind of hitting that 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 point. We've been talking for two hours, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> and we've only just gotten started. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we've only just gotten started. Um, I, I do want to prompt and see if there's anything that we haven't talked about throughout the show today that you're like, man, this is something I want to talk about with Final Fantasy XIV and your experience overall or anything that's coming up that you're excited about. Uh, can you think of anything off the top of your head? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. The The easiest answer there is that for the first time ever, I'm all the way caught up with you guys and I'm with you now as we move into 6.2 I'm going to experience with everyone else as part of the community what's happening with Vitra and his sister going to this new world again kind of and seeing what's going on there yeah. seeing how they tie in the past expansions whether we save her sister 
And then, you know, caught up in Hildebrand, what's happening with that. The first time that I'm going to be, going to be participating mm-hmm. in a live, you know, relic pursuit. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to now feel like instead of, you know, catching up to, I'm now part of the community. So. Hey, man, it, it, how does that feel in comparison to WoW's community and being a part of, you know, that? It, does it feel kind of weird? Um, I'm sorry, did you suggest that there's a WoW community? <laughs> yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to malign it. There are people who are RP and WoW. There are people who play WoW for all kinds of reasons. It's a huge game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never been part. There are people who care about WoW's story, too, and pay attention to it. I've just never I used been to. part of it. I would. You know, well, I mean, the thing is, is, is retrospectively me too, up to until Wrath, right? Wrath and all of the stuff based on Warcraft 3 was really good story. Yeah. I, I honestly think very good, interesting story, but um, I started in what? <laughs> That's true. I mean, I have so books, I've never paid attention. Right. I've read books uh, that they put out for it and everything else. And I tried to keep up and I was so excited for it. And then I just said, I'm done at a certain point. Uh, yeah, Wrath of, again, Wrath of the Lich King with Arthas uh, at the end of it. That was the peak for a lot of people who were in the Warcraft 3, mm-hmm. right? That was yeah, that yeah. was the thing. I played Warcraft 3, so like retrospectively, not even having played Wrath, that is the peak of its storytelling to me. That was that's <laughs> good stuff. But then apparently, apparently the world blew up and then there were pandas. And then we went yeah. into an alternate timeline and then there's a big sword in the planet. And I played this part and I still don't really understand what happened. And the sword's still there, but we went to another alternate future or, or heaven, maybe? I'm not sure. And now they're going back. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to ask, because uh, we did talk a little bit. You said doing the Hildebrandt storyline and everything. It's such a an interesting thing because it's just a separate thing right it's like this little sitcom that you follow with final fantasy 14 based how do you feel about that whole storyline uh are you attached to it i i don't know that i'm like emotionally invested in it the way that i am with the scions for example Mm -hmm. but i enjoyed it right it ranged from you know mildly entertaining borderline boring at times to straight up laugh out loud jumping in my seat this is hilarious moments it's 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 a sitcom like you said and it i I didn't i never felt compelled to skip it i never felt annoyed by it like i did at some other parts it was to me really solid a solid part of the story of final fantasy that i kind of enjoyed lighthearted fun yeah and it's so weird to think about because it's not part of the main story or anything that's really big i think to my understanding super lore (laughs) heavy unless if you care about the gold saucer i guess uh you know, it, it isn't like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, the person who made the gold sauce is responsible for it. Eh, there's some yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, oh, it's so funny because I, I, this is another example of those moments when I had a, like someone got real angry with me because, <laughs> because going through the MSQ instead of Hilde, people, people who went through the story like you did encountered Hildebrand and Godbert before they got to the part of the MSQ where, um, Nanamo is trying to figure out how to help the refugees get Talamigo and she goes and talks to Godbert, right? So you guys know who Godbert is. I get to Godbert and in Gold Saucer, I have no idea who he is. I've never encountered him before. Chat's all like, Giga Chad, amazing man. And I'm like, <laughs> who is this horrible oligarch who is telling Nanamo not to help the refugees? And Chat's just like pissed at me. How dare you? This is our boy. Mm-hmm. Just kind of the, another example of that disconnect that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was... I've never, side content, side stories and that stuff never really meant 
anything to me in like most games like that. But this is like the the trademark. Everyone's always asking about it. When is there going to be an update to this quest line? When are they going to do more stuff with the story? Uh, and I, I I find it kind of interesting um, because I don't think they've updated it in a while. I could be wrong. Uh, by the way, if you haven't noticed, like when I had a child, I pretty much had a pretty hard disconnect from a lot of things that were going on did the world race stuff uh for the savage part but then like the last handful of months outside of the last month or two uh was a, a little bit of a disconnect so i missed a lot oh, of, of the, the dragon song reprise stuff and i had uh some really cool uh people handle that event for us uh but it was uh there's a couple things that i missed recently and i feel kind of stupid about it because i've played this game for so long <laughs> for the first time you feel like you don't know what's going on in it, it, makes, yeah, it makes sometimes sense. yeah sometimes that happens and i feel pretty bad um but yeah no man i i'm glad to to have this talk with you i didn't know a whole bunch about you i knew i know a decent amount right i knew who you are i knew everything uh with echo and uh, being, mm-hmm. of course, world racing stuff, I have to have some sort of insight to that. Uh, but talking to you has been like a, a great experience. Uh, I'm glad. I've had a good time talking about it as well. It's always, uh, you know, talking about your passions is fun. Yeah. And uh, hearing the best part about chat, right? We all meme chat. But the best part of that yeah. chat is that people from all over the world can bring these different experiences and perspectives to bear and, mm-hmm. and have this conversation with you about their experiences and how these great stories resonate with their experiences, which will often be different. And so I, I yeah. loved sitting down and talking with you for many of the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, of course, Final Fantasy XIV community is super global. It's so weird to me. And maybe you experience this a lot more because you're doing a lot of the uh, World Race stuff with WoW. Uh, but I didn't really have any kind of insight into what that was like uh, until I'm... I'm getting translators on and I'm talking to Japanese players on the show and it's just so weird how global it is like my friends are in multiple different countries of the world right uh, mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy 14 is giving me that opportunity that I don't think the normal person really has that kind of experience oh yeah it's uh, uh it's unique I think to to gaming maybe or to MMO gaming or something like that it, normal people who live in the Midwest like mm-hmm. I do don't get to talk to people, to people every day from Germany and France and Russia and Japan and South Korea and Singapore and England and Norway and Denmark and South America and South Africa. And I do. It's yeah. enriching. You know, it's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so that all being said, uh, I, I'm sure you got other things to go do. Uh, oh, yeah. Getting married tomorrow. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. On that note, you're welcome to come to the party if you want. You're invited okay. just like everyone else. Awesome. Uh, we're gonna. Speaking of RP, we're having a party tomorrow after the wedding um, at one of the Endless Nights events uh, venues. There's gonna be DJs playing live, and there's gonna be dancing, and you know all of the good stuff. It's gonna be a blast. Another RP event for everyone. I'm really excited about it. Everyone in chat's invited. Okay. What time is it? Uh, it is at the the party is at eight o'clock Central European time, which is one p.m. my time, which is eleven a.m your time over there on the uh, west-ish coast here on Arizona, weird daylight savings time, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know anymore because they change daylight savings time and I don't know where exactly. we are if we're going to like go back. And try to, <laughs> like it's such a goofy, goofy, weird thing. Uh, it is. It's strange. 
Um, but yeah, uh, no, uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'll as soon as long as <laughs> the baby's okay. Let's see. I'm still in that like everything. Yeah, is you like... got a newborn. It's the same thing with uh, Skype, right? Our Skype is our. <laughs> Our business leader, right? The leader of Echo. He's got a baby while also trying to run a World Wars Guild. It is. Yeah. I can only imagine how how hard that can be and uh, how busy you are. In fact, in fact, I'm fairly convinced that uh, nature uh, has designed our brains to forget what the first six months to a year of having a baby is like, because otherwise you'd never do it again. Oh, <laughs> so, man. <laughs> like, I think that's the same thing with like giving birth, right? Most people who give birth, <laughs> they don't remember how horrible it was because if they right, did, because then you'd never do it again. It's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, bad. I well, I remember. I don't. My wife, she might start, you know, to forget. But I, I, it was. Uh, anyways, we're going into this whole thing. I'm sure people don't want to talk, hear us talk about being dads. <laughs> Childbirth. And, yeah. I'm not sure that that should be the topic right now. Talking about people being dads. That's great content. Talking about babies being born. <laughs> it's just a little, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> but that being said, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, is this one of your mods or something or someone that has links? Which to one? You? Uh, someone saying that can they post a link in here? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. All right. Oh, that's yeah. If you allow that link, that is just a visual. Um, that's the art showing when the party is. That's all. I don't know how if my Moobot's working or if there's something that would actually block it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You're good. You're good. Oh, <laughs> someone else. I don't know. That's that's the wrong Ellie. Oh, is it the wrong one? Let me try it again. Uh. <laughs> It's try that. Did did that work? It happens every time. I'm so sorry. It happens every single time. I can't ever get it right. All good. All good. Uh, it's but, also it's also on my Twitter. Um, anyone in chat's welcome to come to the party. Uh, it should be a really good time. Yeah. And by the way, so people can find you. Can you tell them all the different ways that they can find you? Okay. So I stream at twitch.tv slash jitabel. J e a t h e b e l l e, and then I tweet at uh, twitter.com/jeethwow, uh, which at this point has become um, a little problematic since I no longer play WoW. We'll figure out what happens with that. Mm -hmm. And you can also find me in Discord uh, from either of those sources. Okay. Do you? Uh, <laughs> are you going to try to change it? I might. I looked at it the other day. I'm I'm a horribly impulsive and impatient person. I looked at it the other day. I tried to change it to Jeet. That was taken. I tried to change it to Jesse. That was taken. I was like, I give up. I quit. So you tried to I'll, change it I to Jesse? Yeah, Jesse was gone. Obviously, right? There's a million Jesses. Many of them, you know, <laughs> famous. But yeah. those didn't work, and I was just like, I give up. So at some point, I'll try to figure out some kind of a name that works and change it to that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> eventually it'll probably wear on you. It'll be weird. That people try to find me at WoW and I don't play WoW. Yeah, you could just say, you know, that's not actually World of Warcraft. It's just yeah, WoW, it's, for you, wow, right? Jeez, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that being said, um, is there anything else you want to say? Any other shoutouts before we uh, wrap up the show? Uh no. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I had a really good time, and uh, I appreciate the chance to chat with you and your uh, your friends in chat. Okay, yeah, of course, it's been a blast. That being said, uh, just to let everyone else know, Mog Talk stuff, uh, we do plan to have a show next week. I believe it's going to be another rating show, or not another rating show, but whenever I you out, I was like, kind of rating. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have a show discussing rating next week. Then we're going to have a, uh, a World Race show 
probably right after that one. Uh, I will be personally doing a commentary for Square Enix PvP event that will happen. Uh, why can't I remember the date? <laughs> it's the beginning of September, uh, which is going to be around the same time the World Race is going to be going on as well. Uh, so catch me over there if you want to check that out. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks everybody for watching. You all have been fantastic. Uh, and uh, I usually make everybody wave you know, at the end, but what I, you know, you just say bye really like charismatically. And I think, Oh yeah, because no camera. Yeah. Goodbye everyone. (laughs) All right, guys, remember, uh, do a stupid catchphrase for everyone. Uh, be good. Keep cool. Stay frosty. Ha. Okay. Bye guys.